Shop Podcast is back on its you know, second home. It's away. It's home away from home. Monday evenings, back with a bang. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by the ever dependable. First of all, Mr. Joe Tower. Hi there, Barry. And also, only have the group pressing the buttons. They're frantically trying to make everything work. Mr. Paul Griffin. Uh, you don't know how true that is, Barry. Um, because I was just sitting here. We've already started the show now. I looked down and the uh, the laptop wasn't plugged in, and I had about ten minutes of energy left in it. So I was like, "Where's the charger? Where's the charger?" Oh god! All is good. Happy, happy to record. Thank yeah. yeah. Until until the actual content begins, at which point it's you know. Wait a minute. That's the best I'll bit. Go downhill. That's the best. All goes down Wait, you know, if, if anything, the show would have been better than usual if the laptop just died after about 10 minutes. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time the laptop died during a show, though. I mean, there was the, the one I poured water on during the, during the podcast. Um, I'm sure my, my computer just turned off during a recording and I've, like, sneakily edited it back together. Um, but no, everything's working. We're good. Ireland are playing Wales. In the footy, uh, nil all is the score so far after 23 minutes. Don't recognize any of these players <laughs> for either team. <laughs> uh, oh no, there's yeah, Aaron, Aaron Ramsey's after going by. Okay, I know him. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that was happening. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, Ireland won't win, so we'll be bitterly disappointed. Or we won't even group. care because it's Ireland. So who cares? You could still win the group. Only if we beat. Well, if we lose, we're out. Or draw. Yeah. If we draw right as well. Um, yeah. But come on. <laughs> a bit, a bit of uh, patriotism. C- come on, you boys in green. What is it? C- C-Y-B... Koi Big. I-G. Yeah. Koi, Koi Big. Big. Yeah. Oh, God, what a lot of shite. Who invented that crap? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest, Joe. I think the Koi prefix existed already. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm thinking who invented it originally. Oh, yeah. See yeah. it a lot. It's, yeah, it's bad. Oh, lovely play by Wales here, but they haven't scored. Anyway, I won't talk about Wales anymore or Ireland. How are you, lads? It's been uh, a while since the three of us are on together. I saw Barry the other day. Yeah. Hey, Barry. You, you, oh yeah, I was about to, I was about to say. <laughs> I'm obviously very tired after the game. I was about to say, where did you see me? <laughs> we were at the wrestling this past weekend. Yeah. Um, the weekend prior to that, I was in Killarney. And I was actually going to message you, lads, say, oh, I'll be home in time. But, like, Kira took a detour on the way home, and I went and hung out with her family for a while. Uh, no, no, you, you, you had the weekend off, so you weren't, didn't need to rush home. Yeah. Well, I, well, lads, you know, I, I love to do the show. And, and when I thought I was going to get home early, I was going to, you know, come in even on my day off and do it. But, it, it you know, something else got up. But, uh, but anyway, I did see Paul this weekend. We'll chat all about OTT. All, um, all big and plump. Yeah. Yeah. Big boy Paul. We'll, uh, we'll, I didn't notice you were any bigger than usual. I, I, I are you saying you, you've, you've plumped up? I've been feeling plump. I've been feeling plump. I actually haven't weighed. Wait, God, what's my weight now? I don't know. I think, I think I went up again a little bit. I think I'm probably back up to about what was I one ninety four six or something. Like that. I'm probably, yeah, probably, probably. Uh, my, my, my progress from last week is probably undone. Um, because yesterday, for example, uh, I went to the cinema twice in the one day so we saw two movies which we'll talk about later and uh ate nothing but shite all day uh we got in 
early. So we got we got to Dublin at like oh what would I say half twelve, and the movie was starting at half one. So we said, uh, well, we we, we were uh, you know handcuffed. We basically our arm was being forced. We said, right, we better go to McDonald's. So I went to McDonald's, <laughs> big quarter pounder meal. Um, uh, were you? Did you harass anyone for any sauce while you were there? No, because <laughs> I'm not a geek, Barry. I, I can um, I just say I'm so glad I'm so glad that we had OTT this weekend to distract because every every Rick and Morty sauce related update I saw made me legitimately sad. It made me well. Do you, do you remember like, what I was saying about Rick and Morty that it's it's too meme based now? That, like that's come to pass now that pe- other people it's now like the cool thing to hate on Rick and Morty because of that yeah I was there first damn it yeah anyway it's like it's like I feel bad for the McDonald's employees I feel like embarrassed as a like it's now to the point where I'll happily talk about how much I like wrestling but I'll just lie and say I don't watch Rick and Morty <laughs> anymore it's just so <laughs> It's just so embarrassing between the crowds and then all the angry, totally earnest Facebook posts about how people are disgusted. And I saw one lady like tweeting McDonald's saying that her kids were upset that they couldn't get it. It's like, why are, your, why are your kids going to McDonald's for their Rick and Morty sauce? Give me a break. Oh, there's there's a little aside. I won't talk. About it. I'm sure people are sick of hearing about it. But oh, that was that that whole thing is extremely depressing. And the and like the the meta conversation has like actively ruined that show for me, which is great. Um, yeah. No anyway, anyway, Paul, Paul went to to go get a burger. Go on. Uh, then we went to the cinema where I had a big popcorn, big coke. Uh, yeah. did, didn't eat all of it in fairness because I was I still had a big quarter pounder in me. Uh, went to see movie A, and then when that finished, we had an hour until movie B. So again, we're in a hammerlock basically. <laughs> Better go to Burger King, big Burger King. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then surprise, surprise. <laughs> I was feeling a bit sick later <laughs> in the day. After after a, a legitimately a day where I did not eat proper food at any point. Uh yeah, I had a bit of a sore tummy. But I'm fine now. Uh I made up for it as well today by having two salads. So there you go, bit of that. Um <laughs> Ricky Gervais approach to uh, two salads. Two salads. Yeah, and and, and, and have half a bottle of ranch with it. <laughs> no, I don't put any dress in my side, actually. I just had uh I talked about this in the in the Discord before. Um that my salad is like uh lettuce leaves, slices of green pepper, carrots, celery. Um sometimes I'll have like I had some spinach uh today, for example. And just just have I just throw them all in the lunchbox and I just eat them like like popcorn. Like I don't put any dressing on it or it's just like it's just a it's not so much a salad as a collection of raw vegetables all chopped up. It's lovely. So that made up for the uh the uh ten pounds I put on yesterday. Hey? The cinema. Oh yeah, that's true. Just a big cardboard box full of I didn't think about it. Chopped up and carrots. Anyway. Uh Big Boy. Wrestling was good, quite enjoyed it. I sure we'll talk about that. Uh Barry saw twice as much wrestling as I did. This week, one hundred percent more. That's right. Um, I also, I also had a horrendous diet as a result of it because I uh, went up to Dublin on Saturday, got a Wow Burger before uh-huh. OTT, which is very tasty. Oh, as I, by the way, can I just interrupt you for a second? We went to Bunsen, yeah. of course, uh, as we always do before OTT. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I stuck my arm out and tried a double hamburger for the first time. Ooh. So so in a space of a two days. Of oh, my God. I could, I'm ashamed thinking about it now. God, so much shite was eaten. Dear Lord. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's it's amazing that of all weeks to try it, you pick this one where you would all you know you'd all that other stuff you mentioned. But uh, well, I had that first. I didn't know I was gonna. Have oh, you had the yeah, so yeah, you would have had that first, of course. Yeah, but um, yeah, buns is good. So I I went to Wow Burger and then I went to OTT and and then I went home and then I went back up to Belfast for OTT. And so what did I eat that day? I had I got uh, for the first time ever I got Subway breakfast. Um, because literally it was the only thing that was like open at 10 a.m. on a Sunday in Limerick when I was on my way to the train station. Uh, not bad. It, not as horrendous as McDonald's breakfast. It is, you know, it is not exactly ideal, but that was all right. And then I went up to Belfast and I was like, lads, I, someone recommended me a burger place. I was like, I, I'm burgered out. I'm burgered out. They had, we had burgers at work during the week. I had a fucking wow burger. So I had someone recommend me a pizza place. Got a big, um, I, the very first thing I did when I was in the north of Ireland was I went to a pizza place and I ordered a meal deal for two. Um, and, uh, and I asked for, your man asked what side did I want? And I said, garlic bread. And he said, and another one. And I was like, oh, is there two? And he's like, yeah, there's two. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll take the twisty fries. I'll be, this is for me, for me, right? There isn't two of us, but you know. It's just your your meal deal for one is too small. He's like, yeah, no, that's fine, that's fine. He didn't want my explanation, yeah. um, but I was a little bit self conscious about it. Um, and then today I had Supermax because uh, it was the only thing in Houston Station. Uh, so you know, we've we've all been a little fat this week. What about you, Joe? You've been you've been fat this week? Uh, no, I've been good. I've been working out every oh. day. Well then, um, <laughs> did go out Friday and have a lot of cocktails. Uh, See, that's like well. your that's your version of what we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm I'm very sophisticated, obviously. Because luckily, you know, ba- so. Barry and I don't drink, so we yeah, can kind of Barry's yeah, both total abstain. Um, yeah. So then I did end up going for uh, a Hermansy German, which is a local chain restaurant in London. Uh, they do German style sausages. Uh-huh. Um, in a lovely uh, bun, bap, whatever you want to call it, uh, smothered in kind of uh, chili sauce and mayonnaise and crispy onions and all that kind of stuff. So I ate all of that. That was quite good. So I was, I was fat after that. Right. I don't think your uh, fat is quite as like ours, though. Possibly not, but you know, one day, never know. I mean. Keep on it. You're like you're like a, a, a an expecting mother who posts a like five weeks photo. Oh, baby on the way, and then mm. Barry and I are like <laughs> crying on the way to the hospital. <laughs> With twins. <laughs> well, twins hang on a second now. Wait, I, I was having to go myself, and then you went. You had to go even further than that. Oh. Kind of, not unlike my waistline. Oh, that's but anyway, too far. That's a shame. <laughs> Anyway, how's the week? Uh, how's the weeks been, Barry? Because you've been away for two weeks now. How's Killarney? Yeah, pretty good. Killarney was great. Um, amazing food. We went to a lovely place called the Porter House. Mm. Got myself some wings. I, I I lived the dream, lads. I had wings for starter and I had main course ribs. Right, oh, so just wings and ribs. Beautiful. Um, absolutely tremendous. Um, we were running a bit late, so we didn't do any kind of touristy stuff. We pretty much just, uh, we got to the hotel. Uh, we treated ourselves to some massages. Ooh. Uh, yeah. The hotel. 
So so that was nice. And then we, uh, you I've know, just never had a massage. You've never had a massage? No. I, I've never had really? a proper one either, no. I had my first one just this year in in Spain um, when me and Kira went there, yeah. uh, and it was it was great. I, th- I think I talked about it in the show. A little bit awkward at first. It takes you know obviously oh, it takes yeah. a bit used to. You try try not to get a boner. Yeah. Yeah, boner. yeah, just and, and they're like and she's like you're facing the wrong way up first of all. <laughs> he immediately um, went on his Facebook group and uh, posted an update. Yeah, <laughs> I was not boner. She was like, "Can can you not be tweeting during this?" I was like, "But I have to do, I have to do that feel when your back rubbed." Um, <laughs> how will wrestling Twitter know the massage results? How will how will the Graps Twitter know that I'm being rubbed down? <laughs> it's um, funny because when Joe and I said that we've never had massages, I was going to say I've given myself the odd massage. So no, but it was the first one was great, and then. When we made this fly, and I said it to Kira, and she was like, "Yeah, we should, we should both do it." So that, this was her first one, and she loved it as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, next time, next time you're having an hour weekend away, I would recommend, especially because most hotels, you know, forty or fifty quid. Obviously, not small, not chump change, but for for some nice, it, it, it's great for for relaxation, which is the whole point of the weekend. Yeah. Again, we didn't we didn't do anything touristy. We didn't do that. Speaking of touristy, though, my God, the the, the volume of yanks around Killarney is incredible. Incredible. I think I heard more American accents than I heard in Texas when I went there for WrestleMania. Um, absolutely crazy, and and uh, as as you'd imagine, lots of uh, touristy shops around because um, Killarney is a is a hot spot. But very nice. Uh, no real news out of it. Just you know, it was it was a nice time. Um, and then obviously just working and all that jazz, and then OTT uh, this week, um, which we'll talk about in a bit. One thing I will say is that the travel wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Um, uh, the trains up to Belfast, I had to do a little bit of transferring in Dublin, but it was, you know, quick and painless. I wasn't late for anything. The extra comfort of the, of the trains were nice, but, um, uh, yeah. So just, just if anyone didn't know what I did was I got the bus from Limerick to Dublin for the Saturday show. Immediately after the show, I got the bus back down to Limerick and arriving at around 1am. And then I got up and I had a 10am train up to Belfast the next morning from Limerick, which is about six hours. So it was pretty intense but uh, i survived but uh yeah other than that no real news it was a it was a solid few weeks um and uh yeah so so i'm i'm feeling feeling good after the double header wrestling weekend um so that's my that's my life cough for the week good well i guess um, that's i don't think that there's anything me and joe are obviously on last week we did a special yeah. 20 questions episode um we got a lot of good feedback about that, by the way, Joe. People, people like. Uh, oh, people were bloody loving it because we did movies. Twenty questions, not uh, not wrestling. Yeah. People were were very big fans of that, so that was nice to hear. Um, and if you like movies, woo boy, will you not get the answers to these quizzes, baby? Is <laughs> they're impossible? <laughs> Too many movies, baby. Um. To give you an idea of, of movie guff that's coming up in a little bit, I'm not going to talk about every movie, but uh, in the last 16 days, I've counted them up. In the last 16 days, I've seen 14 movies. Fucking hell. Which is like a personal best for me. And now I'm going to take like a week with no movies because I'm completely burned out. But uh, I think in, like the, in October alone, what are we at now? The 9th. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen nine movies in October. 
So I've seen average one a day so far in the month. And of course, we didn't talk about any movies last week, so I've lots to fill in on. Mm. I don't think uh, I, I've had time to have any life guff. It's just been movies. <laughs> that, that's what my life has basically been. Um, like I say, spent all day Sunday in cinema. I was at the, Sunday on th- at the cinema on Thursday as well. Friday when I got home from work, I watched a movie. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing most days, is, is working, getting home, and just sticking a movie on. So nothing else too exciting, unfortunately. Um, I got tickets to the new the next OTT show. Again, we're going to talk about OTT. But I also got tickets for um, a pet expo, which is going to be on in Dublin. Ooh. It's actually the same weekend as OTT, but they have a Sunday. Um, like it's, it's on both days, Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday, we're going to OTT. So, Sunday, pet expo 2017. So... Is that like you go and you buy one, or you just? Well, it's a- advertised as being for pet owners, so it's kind of like uh, I, I assume it's going to be like cages, toys, yeah. the treats. It's all the gimmicks, right? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be. I mean, I'm sure that there will be. There will be maybe smaller pets on sale, like hamsters and stuff. But we're not going to buy a pet. We have a, enough of them. Um, yeah, pick up, pick up a couple. Pick up a couple yeah, of gu- <laughs> guinea guinea pigs in the pockets. Uh, take a cow. Uh. <laughs> One of them whales to go over there. Just do some whale, go on. So that'll be good. But otherwise, apart from that, nothing else to discuss. So that'll be the weekend of... Uh, uh, I'll tell you, that'll be the only time an Irish person will be able to take whales. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, what's the score? What's the score? Give us an update. Uh, nil all. Uh, 39 minutes gone. Not, still nil all. Right. Still nil all. Christy on the right wing here. Not go back. Anyway. Where, what do we want to do first, then? Where are we starting? Uh... I, I tell you what, I we, so we didn't we didn't throw together a rundown, but I have a lot of telly guff. Go for it. I'm I'm way behind on TV. I I, uh, I still haven't watched the last three Rick and Mortys, the last two South Parks. Oh, the last three. Yeah, I'm very uh, far behind. The the generally I thought the season was great. I the season finale was was kind of lame. It was actually kind of really lame, and it was also I think it was something that you said earlier on in the season. Which was that it felt like the show was being a little try hard, make a meme yeah. uh, uh, thing. So the last episode, they even tweeted ahead of time. It was Rick versus POTUS, uh, yeah. as in the president. Um, which it's not. It's not a Trump parody episode, but it's just basically the the actual president of the U.S. Uh, some like a fictional president they made up, like beefing with Rick, and it's it's it, it was not very funny. It was not very funny. So, so that's wrapped up for another year. Let's make it like three. Let's give it a rest for a while, and we'll come back. Even though, even though it was a great season, I, I think society needs a break. The Office uh, and Gravity Falls knew to get out after two. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, but um, uh, have either of you lads watched? I can't even remember which which or either of you watch any of it. But uh, seen the new series of Nathan for you. No, I want to watch it, but I can't be bothered to find it. Oh, uh, it? it's a lot of effort. Where is it? Yeah, I've got I've got one of those um, uh, highly uh, dubious Android apps uh, oh. that just that just finds the link. <laughs> the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, 
uh, yeah, that just like it like automatically compiles the the links. Um, so yeah, it, it is because it's still such a kind of fringe show. It is actually kind of tough to find. Comedy Central does host it on their site, but that's that's region locked, obviously, which is a pain. Um, this season is absolutely tremendous. It is back to like it's like the first season. It's like the first time watching it. It is fucking tremendous. Um, and I thought I thought season one. I, I thought season three rather was. Uh, had had some strong moments, but also had some episodes that just didn't land at all. Um, uh, I think this one is ridiculously good, ridiculously good. So, um, so that's that's a massive thumbs up. Maybe you know, <laughs> now that the Rick and Morty apocalypse has come, I think I think Nathan for you is is firmly the most underrated show, um, uh, the under, most underrated comedy show going. It's still yeah, I'm glad it's still under the radar. I don't yeah, think I'm like Rick and Morty. I think it. I think there's no way it ever really blows up because it's such a particular kind of um, humor um, that I, I I don't know it, it quite lands with. I don't think it'll ever quite land with that bigger audience. Uh, but yeah, tremendous stuff. I I really can't wait for it. Um, uh, for each each coming episode. Um, yeah, so that's great. Uh, Broad City is back, and Broad City is is still good. Um, uh, again, that's a, that's a really consistent, easy to watch show. Uh, new season is is about on par with what it usually is. Um, so there's that. Uh, I can't remember if either. I, I've heard a few people in our kind of circle talking about this. Have either of you watched American Vandal on Netflix? No. no. I think yeah, I think you'd both like it. I think it's it's both up your street. Uh, I think I did I start? No, no, I hadn't started this a few weeks ago. It is. Um, it's a Netflix original, and it's basically a a a, a direct, unapologetic uh, kind of satire of uh, you're making a murderers and your serials, uh, uh, mystery, true crime thrillers. But it's a mockumentary. It, it's it's a comedy. Um, it is fantastic. It is like the it is like the surprise hit of the year for me. It is funny. It's really fantastically produced. Really slick. Really really well done uh, uh, send up of, I mean, it's very making a murder more than serial. It's, it's really going for those kind of Netflix ones. Um, and it's funny, but it's also like a legitimately intriguing mystery. It's basically, it's like a high school uh, vandalism uh, plot rather than any kind of like, you know, horrible murder. Um, obviously um, it's, it's really, really great. Um, it, I, I, People really shouldn't sleep on it. I think it's. I think it's. It's fantastic. It's one of the best shows of the year. Um, so that I finished that on the uh, on the train journey over the weekend. It's it's really really great. Um, so yeah, there was that. I think that's everything. A lot of great TV. A lot of great TV at the moment. Um, I think I mentioned before uh, my my little break there that I started the confession tapes, which is. Funnily enough, it was very weird watching that and an American Vandal alternating because that's an actual uh, true crime series on Netflix, mm-hmm. and an American Vandal is, is the satire. Um, but that show is tremendous. It's it's in the same ballpark as Making a Murder in terms of quality. Like it's really harrowing. It's really really well done. It's 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 really uh, well researched. It's 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 fantastic. Um, so so yeah, lots of lots of great stuff currently. Um, at the moment, and if anyone listening to this isn't on the Nathan for You or American Vandal uh, uh, thing, uh, those are two strong, 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 strong recommendations. Um, yes, yeah, so that's TV guff for for myself at the moment. What about you, lads? Um, I don't think I've watched any notable TV really. Um, I need to catch up on a lot of stuff. Watching a few movies. Um, 
You got any TV gaff, Paul, before we move on? No, I've not watched any TV recently. Um, just mm. movies uh, that I can think of. Aside from wrestling TV, that's kind of the only TV I've that doesn't count. Really watch. That doesn't count. Smackdown and that. I've, al- not I've also TV. not watched the last like three Lucha on the Grounds. So my, my enthusiasm for that show has just completely waned. I mean, I will get around to them, but it's like... When I have an hour or two hours of my day, I, I, I watch a movie instead now. You know, like I, I, can't, I sure. don't really care to go out of my way to watch. I think the last one they aired was like Lucha, or what's it called? Ultima Lucha Part Dos. So there'd be two more episodes, and that maybe that would be it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still I'm three behind as of now. But I'm sure I'll get to them eventually, but it's very low priority right now. Mm. Nothing else. Um... Uh, on some movie girl? Yeah, I guess yeah, if you lads haven't seen any more TV. Um uh yeah, I've seen I've seen one movie. Yeah, I've seen Oh well I guess yeah, I have seen Oh yeah, just the one. Uh so did anyone else here see the new Blade Runner? Yes. No. Oh. Okay, so Paul saw it. I uh so I saw the original, I think I talked about it on this podcast, and then I saw the uh, uh the new one. Um, I, I came out of the new one really disliking it uh, because it was, um, first of all, my lift to the cinema was late. Uh, so I ended up seeing it about 90 minutes later than I wanted to seeing the absolute latest showing at cinema. And I wasn't aware that it was nearly three hours long. So I was extremely grumpy when I came out of the, of the cinema. I don't think I was in the best mood to watch it. Uh, I kind of slept on it. And then I, I kind of woke up and I was thinking about it. And I was like, a lot of those uh, uh, visuals kind of stuck with me. And, uh, and a lot of the, there was a lot of things I liked about it. But man, the, 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 it's true to the original. And I just feel like both those films are a very specific type of goods. That that it's I can kind of appreciate them, but uh, I don't know that I think their pacing is just not for me at all. I, I could I was struggling to, to stay focused and awake during this during this second one. Um, what, what? But it is obviously gorgeous and, and a really fascinating world. Uh, what did you make of it, Paul? And what, and what did you think of the original as well? Just um, well, I watched on the fourth of October because I finally have my letterbox diary in front of me here. I watched the original Blade Runner again. Um, <clears throat> to lead into the new one, which I watched yesterday. Um, now, I'd only seen the original Blade Runner once before. I think I watched it about two years ago. I would have spoken about it on the podcast. And uh, and I didn't love it. I uh, I thought, the, as you said, it was a little bit too slow. The The plot is kind of threadbare, and, and a lot of the scenes are just, are just very, very long and are very, very slow. <laughs> It's right boring, isn't it? But uh, but it has uh, it looks very nice. The soundtrack is very good. Uh, so I watched it again, and I enjoyed it much more the second time. And I feel like it's yeah. a movie that the more times you watch it, the the more you get out of it each time, the more you like it. Because I think the first time I saw it, I was because I, I you know you watch it for the first time, you ex- you expect it's going to be this amazing movie because it's in terms of sci-fi movies, it's kind of held up there with. You know, it's the godfather of sci-fi. You know, it's that kind of level. And you watch it, it's like, yeah, it's okay. I think I was, I, the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, seven or eight out of ten, somewhere in that range. Um, but watching it the second time, not only did I enjoy it more, but I kind of got it more. Like, I got what I was trying to do more. And I, 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 I was catching things which I either forgot or, or just missed completely the first time around. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. what that scene represents. And that's what this is. And that's what it means. And 
Um, for anyone who kind of seen Blade Runner and, and said, you know, it's too slow, and, and I, w- I would definitely recommend leave it a year. Keep, keep thinking it's like that. And the second time you watch it, you'll, you'll enjoy it a lot more because that's exactly the experience I had. Yeah, I, I, so I, 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 I was having trouble keeping getting lining my dates up and remembering if I talked about the original Blade Runner on this show because I only watched it for the first time like the day before I saw the new one. Right. So I guess I, I, I don't think I've been on the podcast since then, no. but I watched it. I liked it. I, I, I definitely, a lot of people have said the thing about watching it more than once. I, I totally get that. I don't know that I will. Um, I feel like the sequel, I feel like I just didn't watch it in the right circumstances. So I think actually 2049, I will try at some point, maybe when it's out on Blu-ray or something, I to think, watch that. I it. think I got more it, out of the sequel having watched Blade Runner the second time than I would have if I had seen it, if I had not rewatched Blade Runner and just gone to see the sequel. Because um, I'd seen some people say, like, don't watch Blade Runner any time close to watching the sequel. But for, for me, I actually found that, like, a better understanding of what the first movie actually kind of is trying to do made me understand and, and get the sequel a lot more. Like, I thought the sequel was excellent. I thought it was as good as the first one. Um, I don't want to talk too much about, about the new Blade Runner because I feel like talk about it is is kind of a spoiler like the best way the way i went into blade runner is i didn't read any reviews i didn't read any mm. plot synopsis i just went i i had seen one of the very early trailers with the first one with batista in it and i went in almost completely blind no idea what the plot was or anything i think that's kind of something that you have to do to, to really enjoy it it is very long i give you that but um like Prisoners is another movie by Denis Villeneuve, and that's equally as long. And I love that movie. So I, I, I didn't have any. I went in knowing it was very long, and uh, knowing I wouldn't have a problem with that. Now, if I found the movie to be super boring, then of course you don't want to watch a boring movie for three hours. But I found that, uh, I found that the, the pacing, especially actually of the first Blade Runner, I thought they found the pacing a lot better the second time around as well. Like, I thought I, I just I don't find it that slow i guess there's a lot of other movies i've seen like terence malick films and like that and, and that which are like extremely slow like if you've seen um like thin red line or um to the wonder tree of life like those movies are really really deliberate sometimes to the point of like it's just tedious so when i when i was thinking more about the first blade runner having watched it a second time i was like to see okay there are a few scenes that are very slow but i actually kind of upon second viewing there are some of my favorite scenes. Like I, I love the scene where he's uh, Harrison Ford is doing the little like investigation of the photograph, and he's like, "Zoom in, uh, thirty-two, <laughs> zoom out, oh. go to the right." Is Batista in it? Batista is in the new I Blade didn't know Runner. That. Yeah, Batista is in the new Blade Runner. Yeah, just and actually, he's in one of my very favorite scenes in the movie. Um, yeah, he's yeah, it's, he's it's great in it. He's really good. Yeah, he's great. Is that the one where he comes out in a pink polo shirt and sunglasses? <laughs> and just the spotlight goes just on him. <laughs> Um, he's really good in it. Um, so without obviously spoiling anything, the the second movie, I think the uh, the visuals are as good today as the sequels were at the time it came out. Like I thought, I think it's one of the best looking movies I've seen in a long, long time. Um, yeah, and you you know you know what I like about it as well is that it it kind of main it, it really charmingly maintains like that 80s idea of what future tech will look like yeah it doesn't necessarily like, look like the old one it, but it does take it, it's like it's like a, a continuation of that universe what that would yeah, look like if it was made today you know 
like they didn't. Yeah, they didn't make like um, like they're not playing with. If you were to make a, a sci-fi film today with a you know a, a modern idea of what we think the year three thousand would look like, this the, some of the like the chunky screens and the cars and in the offices and stuff. It's like yeah, that's that. This this looks like a film that would take place thirty years after the original one. Um, it's 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 all it's very it's very in sync. It definitely feels like the same world just a few years later. Um, I, I did like the score as well. I, I don't think it's it's it sounds kind of like the original score. The original Blade Runner was. The score is done by Vangelis, um, and mm. obviously is super iconic sound. This one yeah. they, they didn't; they just had Hans Zimmer and someone else do it. Uh, which a lot of times it, it's don't, don't just say just Hans Zimmer just did it like he's not great. <laughs> no, no, Hans Zimmer is great, of course, and someone else. Uh, but Hans Bell there, will you? We need a couple songs for this film we're doing. Um, but my point is, um, whereas the first Blade Runner has this kind of atmospheric synth sound to it. Uh, which is kind of it's it's even kind of exists as its own thing alongside the movie rather than being like part of the movie. Um, there were some bits in the new Blade Runner where there's like you know the boom like Inception noise that I didn't think like fit in, especially having just watched the original Blade Runner where everything has this kind of mellow ambience to it. Sometimes I felt I felt like. It was trying to influence me too much to feel like, oh, this this is an important part because the music isn't synthy. It's like, boom, boom, yeah. and I was like, mm, that's a little too kind of cliche now. Like that's been done so much. I think, I think, I think as much as I was just defending him, I think Zimmer and the Zimmer soundalikes are getting a little, uh, a little played out. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because he—I mean—he is tremendous. I remember, like, as much as I hated the film, I mean, like, his music in *Man of Steel* is like superb. Yeah. Um, uh, which is a shame. I, I really want to watch this film again, which because like I came out of it like super negative because I genuinely—I usually this is like a thing I always—I always kind of Google like the runtime of a film before I watch it just so I know what I'm—I'm I'm getting into. I just forgot to. And I think I it caught me off guard, and it had like you know it had the deliberate pacing, mm. and I just came out of it just just sleepy and just not in the right mood. And I, I went, <laughs> I take my letterbox review very seriously. I went to bed, I slept on it, you know, I gave it I gave it some time to gestate, and then when I I, I went like three stars on on the old letterbox, which is like far less harsh than I would have been if I had just reviewed it coming out because I was like I was thinking on it. And some of the payoffs in that last act are just really satisfying. Yeah, um, it's a very, very good movie. In ter- and, in terms also, of that. and also a lot of the visuals. And as you say, I, I, you, you can't talk about like how, how cool and important some of the, the visuals are because they are just, it's just straight up spoiler territory. And so I was like, it really did stick with me. And I have been thinking about it a lot since, um, since, uh, since I saw it. Mm. So it, it may be a, it may be a revisit for me on 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 Blu-ray because I think yeah, I think I'm I would say leave it record. a while, leave it a while, yeah. maybe a year, give the first Blade Runner another go because again I was kind of feeling similar to you and it was it's two years since I saw Blade Runner and I enjoyed it a lot more for whatever reason I just it's, maybe it's just that kind of movie. Um, and you know what you know what was better in this one by by a factor of ten what? was the, uh, the romance subplot absolutely. Yeah, which was not the first one. I didn't think. No, I think uh, this one thing that I didn't. For example, let me give you an idea of of why I say this. The first time I I watched Blade Runner, I had certain expectations of what it was going to be, and one of those things was that Harrison Ford was going to be playing a character 
very similar to Han Solo or Indiana Jones. <laughs> and the yeah. Decker, the Decker character is is really not. It's it's actually a very different Harrison Ford performance. He plays this like downtrodden, um, <clears throat> you know, beaten down cop who just wants to get away from it all. He's kind of dragged back in. So when I watched it the first time, I was like, you know, that Harrison Ford performance wasn't very good. Because it wasn't like what I expected it was going to be. And then watching it this time, I was like, you know, Harrison Ford is actually really good in this. Because he's he's doing something different than Harrison Ford is in almost every other goddamn movie he's in. Um, and, I mean, Rutger Hauer in the first Blade Runner is, is mesmerizingly good. And his little in the rain speech at the end. Is, I watched it the second time. I was like, oh my God, it's so good. Um, and in the new Blade Runner, I felt like Ryan Gosling, I thought was very good. Um... The, I don't know the name of the woman who plays his like girlfriend in it, whatever she's her name is. She was great. Um, Harrison Ford, I thought was was good, um, but he he like in this instance he 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 was very close to Han Solo in Force Awakens, probably because yeah. it's just old old Harrison Ford. Um, and then Jared Leto, it was good, but he. Ultimately, isn't in the movie that much. It's a little bit of a misnomer. Yeah, he got, too. So he got jokered again. <laughs> a little bit. While he was in, I thought I, he was quite good. That was that was kind of one one like even even if I were to revisit it, like I think that's one thing that might one criticism might persist. So that that character's not really. I don't really get. Well, I guess I mean the the. I mean, they're the antagonists and, and what have you, but doesn't really go anywhere. Like, you know, nothing really happens. Unless, unless the idea is to do a sequel, but I feel like that would be... A no, I, I don't think they will do a sequel. I, I feel like, again, without getting into spoilers, I feel like his character was just a... more of a framework for the story, rather, rather than being the out-and-out villain in it. Although his character is very obviously a villain, which, again, is something I didn't really like, because, I mean, the original Blade Runner, there's not this obvious antagonist and i mean in a way if you think about it harrison ford's character is in a way the villain in the movie um because you feel very sympathetic towards replicants by the end um and then this movie has like this clear comic book villain you know they're like it's a little on the nose but i feel like yeah i feel like he was not so much like the thing that harrison ford ryan gosling were like fighting against necessarily because there's not really any interaction between him and and any of the other characters aside from one little scene towards the end but he he's kind of just more a background thing to allow events to happen in his name um as opposed to being like low-key in thor for example it's not really as as mm-hmm. obvious as that um, um i i liked it like i gave the new blade runner a nine which was also my revised score for the original blade runner um i, I think i'm happy that i finally kind of got blade runner because i the first time I saw it, I didn't really enjoy it. I watched again as well the um, the review for the first Blade Runner and obviously the half of the bag for the new one. And uh, I don't really get Jay's take on Blade Runner. Like, he's very... A lot of his criticisms are either, like, flat out wrong or or don't hold up. Like, I don't, I don't understand his, his arguments. Um, I, like, a lot of them are just... You know, it's bad because I said it was bad, as opposed to being, you know, <laughs> held up with any kind of examples. Like he says that, uh, uh, Harrison Ford doesn't do a lot of detectiving in the first movie. It's like, well, he does. There's like a, a scene that's just him analyzing a photo for like 10 minutes. Um, mm. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, well, I don't really understand what, what he means by that. But uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time on Blade Runner. I would uh, I'd recommend people do see Blade Runner as a new one, um, 2049. However, if you have only seen the first Blade Runner once, maybe two years ago, five years ago, and you didn't really enjoy it that much, I would definitely recommend you give it another go because it did take me two watches to, to actually get it. One, one thing, just one final thing about the new one that I couldn't believe was they they felt like a left hand not knowing the right hand was doing. I think the filmmakers thought that it wasn't going to be so obvious Harrison Ford was in this film because it's a big reveal and it was like the first thing they ever put out of the film was the exact scene um, uh, where they meet. Yeah, I think they were afraid by the fact that Blade Runner is kind of more of a a cult classic, I guess, than a huge success. That they're like, well, if we sell this and don't tell people Harrison Ford is in it, people won't go see it. It's like, okay, fuck it. Yeah. I, especially I, I so close so, so close after Force Awakens as well. Hmm. Yeah, because it is a big voice. voice coming out of the dark corner. Who's that? You know, moment. <laughs> and it's also, again, not to spoil, but it's also about two hours into the movie where you're like, where the fuck is Harrison Ford? Like, oh, there he is. <laughs> he does appear. <laughs> um... So yeah, watch Blade Runner. I would I would give a big score. Barry yet to be convinced, but maybe on a second watch. Yeah, I mean I think it's also very important the mood you're in when you go see a movie, especially a movie that's as demanding as Blade Runner is. Um, I actually had also a very, I had a bad ex, a bad cinema experience, but that actually ended in a positive result. Um, I this, the other movie I saw yesterday was Mother, the new Darren Aronofsky movie. Mother. Oh. Which, which I've seen, like, one of the most polarizing movies of the year, I would say. People either mm. love it or hate it. The last couple of years, perhaps. Um, yeah, so I went to see Mother. Again, I hate Jennifer Lawrence. Whatever her name yeah. is. it Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really like Javier Bardem. Ed Harris is in it as well. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. And, oh, good. Uh it's it's uh, kind of psychological horror, very si- similar in tone to like Black Swan and a uh, little bit of Shining in there as well. I would say um, tells the story of this this couple who are, are building a house after a fire, and a, a doctor comes one night and he's offered to stay with them, and then his wife comes, and then their sons come in, and it just builds and builds and builds, and gets madder and madder and madder as this poor woman is like put upon with all these people visiting her house, and she has to kind of put up with it. And it gets more and more surreal, more and more mad. Now, I don't think it's a spoiler to say because the movie is like so blatant about it, and it is slapping you in the face with it that the movie is a, a metaphor. For, for the Bible. It's, it's like the, the Javier Bardem character is God and Jennifer Lawrence's character is like Mother Earth, I guess. Uh, okay. Ed Harris, his character is um, uh, Adam and Michelle Pfeiffer's Eve. And, and it just, it, it, it's all metaphorical for the Bible. Um, now, in fairness, I don't think the movie works on that level because the, obviously, you know, I just don't find the Bible story that interesting, to be honest. Um, what, slammed <laughs> Christianity slammed. <laughs> I, I mean, as a as a movie plot, greatest basically. story ever told. Hmm, but um, to Paul Griffin, <laughs> the the all right story, two and a half. Stars. Worst story ever told. <laughs> uh, 
I don't think it works so much on that level because it's so it's so literal. Like there's no subtlety at all about like the metaphor. But what the movie really works well as is like a nightmare put on screen, you know. And it reminded me very much of like certain aspects of the movie were very like dreamlike, where um, Jennifer Lawrence's character is like, you know, when you have a dream, and you, when you have a dream, you're kind of thinking in your own mind like the rules of of everyday reality, right? Like, I can I can walk here, I can do this, that. But the world that the dream takes place in often bends and and doesn't follow those rules, and that's kind of what the world of Mother is like, where Jennifer Lawrence is constantly throughout the movie looking for like the logic and everything that's happening and like why are you doing this why is this happening and and all the characters are are living by a different set of rules and that's what makes it kind of nightmarish right like there's one scene where she comes in and and there's two, uh, a man and a woman sitting on her sink and she's like can you please get off the sink that's not braced yet and they go oh sorry and they're all like they're all rude to her and she's like why are they, why are they like this and she turns around and she looks back and they're sitting on the sink again and she goes, can you please not sit on the sink? And then they go, why, it's fine. They start like bouncing up and down on it. And of course, the sink comes off the wall and water starts spraying everywhere. And she's like, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? And there's one bit in it where she asks somebody, why are you here? Or what, like someone's tearing like the, the, the frame off the door. Like, and she's like, why are you doing this? And, and the character says, to prove that we were here. And again, that's kind of like the, uh, in a sense, the biblical aspect of, of you know, human beings effect mm. on, on, on on Mother Earth and the Earth and so on. Um, so although the metaphor is super super like blatant and it's, it is not very interesting to be fair, the the movie actually works w- super well as this like psychological horror nightmare movie, and uh, the performances are are really good. Jennifer Lawrence is um, Jennifer Lawrence in, in a lot of movies reminds me a bit of Stephanie McMahon on like Raw, where <laughs> she's she's a little bit too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OP, let's say. Whereas in this one, she's very much like like the victim of the movie, and you feel very very sorry for her. Javier Bardem's great. I think all the performances are great, and and the the movie really gets super crazy. Um, not the wrestler. Uh, towards the end, uh, there's a scene in it which I won't talk about, but is like very very notorious already for being in the movie. Um, and yeah, I th- I thought Mother was was really great. I gave it a ten out of ten. And it's probably at the moment my favorite movie of the year. Uh, just a complete what? wow! Com- I loved it. I thought it was uh, as that nightmare, weird experience. It, it nailed Wait, it. What? Yeah, I'm one of the people who loved. Talking I, about mother. I'm one of the people who loved now. mother. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't hate it. I loved it. Oh. So if you have a tolerance for um, really extreme. Uh, not necessarily gory, but really extreme uh, visuals. I would recommend Mother, uh, but a lot of people probably hate it, <laughs> which is fair. I don't think it's it's not a movie like um, like The Raid Two, which I'm like, how can you like this movie? It's so clearly rubbish. Um, with Mother, I'm like, okay, if you hated Mother, I get it. I get why people would hate it. Um, and this is what I, I say with my movie experience was people in the cinema while I was watching Mother, were acting like people in the fucking movie, where I was, there was people talking to my right, people talking behind me. Uh, the woman in front of me had her phone out. I tapped oh. her on the shoulder and said, can you please put your phone away? And she looked at me like I was the crazy one. And she kept taking her yeah. phone out during the movie. And I was like, Jennifer Lawrence, I understand you and what you're going through in this movie. 
And in a way, it kind of, actually, in a weird way, it, it, I kind of connected to the movie more because of it, because I was feeling, like, frustrated, and I felt exactly like the character. And it was, it was a very weird, relatable experience. But, um... That's why I never, as much as the phone stuff bothers me, it's why I never bother saying it, because you know that they're going to look at you like you're an asshole, even though you're definitely not. Yeah, even though you're definitely right. <laughs> um, yeah, I would recommend give give Mother a shot. It's, it's two hours, so it's not super long. Um, yeah, God, it's it, a while since I enjoyed a movie as much as I did. It was it was a proper, uh, it was like watching, it was like being on a roller coaster. It was that kind of experience. Just escalate, 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 and and just the right amount of craziness, and then and then it didn't kind of drag it on too long and plateau. It just ended at the right time. It was it was great. Um, so I'll, we don't want to stay on movies too long. So let me quickly run through the other fucking hundred movies I watched since the last time we talked about it. Um, I watched uh, the Visit by M Night Shyamalan, which is uh, have either of you guys seen that? Came no. out like last year no. or the year before. It's um, two kids go live go to live for a week with their grandparents, and of course it's an M, M. Night Shyamalan movie, so something weird is happening, and the twist is kind of is kind of dumb. Um, I did hear, but I forgot because this is one of the movies I picked up on Blu-ray for like a fiver, so I forgot kind of what it was about. But it's a found footage movie, which I don't like. Uh, but there is a scene where a grandparent takes off his dirty diaper and rubs it on a kid's face. So oh, okay. It's that movie. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't Did actually. Shine it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't find that that scene as funny as I thought it was gonna, because um, it's kind of <laughs> it's not really played for laughs, and it's it's mostly done uh, off camera. So I was hoping that he'd do it like um, like. Did any of you ever see the movie Witness with Harrison Ford, who we spoke an hour talking about today? Um, he plays uh, in Witness uh, a police officer who's living with the Amish and a guy takes an ice cream and puts it on like each cheek on his nose and on his chin. And I was hoping that the, the shit scene would be a little bit like that, but it wasn't. It was, it was not played for laughs. Um, yeah, the visit's is not great. It's like a four out of 10. I, I wouldn't recommend seeing it. Fan footage is, is anyway kind of, unless it's one of those best ever ones like Blair Witch, I typically find fan footage to be what it is, a cheap way of making a movie without caring too much about, <laughs> about doing it well. Um, so yeah, it was poor enough. It, probably not as bad as any of the other Shyamalan ones I haven't seen, like The Happening and all those trash movies. Uh, I watched Gremlins for the first time. I'd never seen Gremlins before. A um, little bit like Blade Runner. I didn't. I didn't love Gremlins. I thought Gremlins was fine. Uh, it is a Christmas movie as well, which meant I was watching it completely the wrong time of the year. Um, I liked the Gremlins. I thought the, the lead performance was very good in it. Whatever the guy who plays the lead character, I thought he was very good. Um, but I don't know, just something about it. It was just very simple. Um, maybe this, maybe the sequel is better. I don't know, but I don't know. Something about it was just it was too, too Saturday morning cartoons. Like it, it never felt like a, an important movie or that. I think it's the kind of movie that maybe you have to have nostalgia for or to have seen as a kid, which I didn't. So I didn't have any nostalgia for, and I just didn't find it to be that good. It was kind of, I'd say it was of the same level of something like Jingle All the Way, which. In fairness, I enjoyed it. Wow, that's fucking mental. <laughs> well, which one's better in your opinion? I just uh, move on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm no. I'm not saying Gremlins is bad. Just watching it as as for the first time. But, but Jingle it? All the Way is an awful. Uh, it's an awful movie that we enjoy. You know, watching <laughs> and you know, having a laugh about. 
Gremlins is actually a good movie. I, I know it's, I there is a lot of nostalgia. I think I think it's very nostalgia driven. I think I don't know. I, th- I, I thought it was good, but I think it was. Yeah, it's a jingle okay. all the way. Oh, <laughs> ah, Jesus! <Christ. laughs> I need man. That's like comparing Blade Runner to Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> uh, I then saw. I'm going to reverse order. I saw uh, it, the new it uh, clown movie. Yeah. So I said that before you guys could say you saw what? Huh? And we do that whole joke again. No, no, we're done with that joke. I'm definitely done with that joke. Uh, I really liked it as well. I gave an eight out of ten. Um, I've never seen the original TV series. This is my kind of my first experience with it. I thought a lot of the the scares were kind of done really well like in a in a different unique way ah i have scored brilliant mclean oh, um well, i thought you were imitating an it jump scare there for a second no. <laughs> ireland are winning one nil terrified me um good stuff um so i love a lot of the scares they were done uh very in a real clever way like uh two of my favorite scenes in the movie were like the projector scene and the the, the Jewish kid who goes up to the back of the synagogue to put the book back. like Those, those were two of my favorite little scares. Um, what I didn't like about was that <laughs> there's like the the house that the, the lair of the monster is based around is like the most comical novelty haunted house looking house you, you could ever think up. Um, and it was kind of stupid and cliche. Uh, but no, I thought it was really good actually. Uh, very impressed with it. Um, the kids were all very good. Um, actually, the kid that I like the least in it is the kid from Stranger Things. I just don't think he's that good. His his delivery is kind of forced. Um, mm. I, I think that my favorite kids in it were uh, the girl who played Bev and the kid who played Ben, the the little fat kid. I thought they were probably the two strongest performances in it. Um, the, Bev is just a dead ringer for like Ellen Page's sister. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 well, she obviously the illusion was was Molly Ringwald. She she looked and kind of performed a bit like her. But uh, uh, the guy who played the clown, I know he's Skarsgård. I can't remember his first name. Um, uh, Benjamin is it? Benjamin Skarsgård? I don't remember, but I, I don't feel like he he really played the clown much. Like a lot of the clown scenes were just CGI. Like he actually, it was like the Rock in the Mummy Returns, where well, how much of it was actually the Rock in it? <laughs> like. N- he was, in it was a, yeah. It's it's kind of mainly just that very first scene. Yeah, and a bit at the end, but mostly that first scene is great, by the way, with him and, and little Georgie. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. No, the, the, the clown it's is like, in the movie at the beginning and also, the end. Yeah, but I didn't. Even, they might have killed him halfway through. I don't know. <laughs> what would the second half of the movie be about then? And they, um, they just get on with their lives. <laughs> they never sleep over. It's um, not actually a horror blockbuster film. The second half is very like contemplative and how they deal with killing it. It's very much the uh, it's very much twenty seventeen's room. <laughs> and like the second half is how they deal with it. Uh, that's good. But uh, but yeah, it's it's really good. Oh god, we're doing it again. Um <laughs> what's good? Twenty seventeen is really good. Um uh yeah, and that first scene is identical to the TV series. Uh, don't don't watch the TV series; it's long and not very good. Yeah, if you thought Blade Runner was long, whoa, watch a two-part TV series that pe- most people think is a movie. It's like three yeah. hours forty-five or something. 
for all, and for all the people who like saw it at the time and want to convince themselves it's still good, it's an early '90s made-for-television Stephen King film. What 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 makes you think that this one is? I mean, this one was more successful than all the others. But what part of that phrase makes you think it would be good? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's definitely a thing where you know you had to have been there at the time to to like it because it's it's not it's not good. And uh, one mo- one more movie to talk about because five of the movies I watched were jackass movies. We, they're all the same. We don't need to talk about those. You gotta uh, uh, be in your butthole. Um, uh, one last real movie I watched was uh, Get Out, which I watched for the first time. Get Out, which I have in Blu-ray. Um, which for a week was my favorite movie of the year. That is saw Mother, so it's that second place. Oh there. my god. Um, Get Out is so fucking good. It's so yeah. good. I mean, I love Hot Fuzz, and the the illusions are there to, to, to Hot Fuzz. Um, so, so good. Performances are great. Um, the one thing I, I, I kind of wish that I had less of was, uh, like, the comedy. Like, I wish it was, it was a little bit more... Um, straightforward to it is, it is horror like there's the the friend character um who, who's on the phone with the main guy chris and he's like a little too over the top in his comedy you know mm. like i wish I that there was know. less of him in it or, or i really that he liked was, him i mean he's a likable character but you know the movie i, th- I feel like it loses some of its horror edge because that there's just too much comedy in it to the yeah. point where it's like a horror comedy and like the scares in it the, the parts that are uh horror based are like super super good they're so good especially the uh the first time uh you have the sunken place when that thing happens that's even to even till now mm. having seen more that's probably my favorite scene of the year um, it did it did remind me more of a horror comedy something like the burbs almost yeah, like I'm not saying that it's it's necessarily objectively bad in that way, but just I wish no. that there were less there was less comedy in it. That was a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peele's a hell of a movie maker, I must say. The movie yeah. looks fantastic. The pacing of it is perfect. Performances across the board are great. Um, a little too funny, um, but nevertheless, I gave Get Out a ten, which is my <laughs> two tens in one week, which is <laughs> not happen very often. Um, Did you. Uh... Uh, I'd recommend. I, it might be on the Blu-ray actually, but I think they put it on YouTube for free. Uh, the alternate ending. Yeah, I saw the alternate ending. I prefer the one in the I, movie. To be fair. Uh, yeah, I prefer. And it's funny because I'm. I can't remember. Can't remember if they said they they were kind of uh, pushed towards the one in the in the movie or what, or if they decided themselves, but or if Peel decided himself. But I, I like the the one in the movie. I believe he said um, it was again without spoiling what the ending is. I believe he said it was yeah, something yeah, to do with there. There was some police shooting or something and and he wanted that the movie had a very hopeful happy ending rather than kind of a a dour downy one which is fair enough um but yeah get out brilliant can't say enough good things about it so um if you're not seeing get out go see it uh i'm gonna watch hopefully in the next week as well uh the snowman which is coming out have you guys seen the trailers for that with fast bender Nope. Looks super good. Um, oh wait, yep. Yeah, so that comes out on the th- the twelfth or the thirteenth. So I'm gonna go see that. And uh... <laughs> 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 Fastbender's character's name is 
we Harry Hole. I said this to you on the podcast a few weeks ago. <laughs> His name is what? Harry, Harry Hole. Hole. Like Harry. like Harry Bobo. <laughs> that is not at all what comes to mind when Harry talking. Hole? What are you talking about? It's not what comes to Harry mind. Hole. <laughs> oh God. Oh, Scott, email in if that's something yeah. I said already. Or maybe maybe I didn't. Maybe I said somebody else. I, I can't remember. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, um, yeah, so I'm going to go see that. And, and I'll probably... Have a, I have a few Blu-rays here I want to watch. Um, all spooky movies. Because, of course, it's Halloween time. So we want to ramp up our spooky movie watching for the next little while. There's a, an old movie I want to watch called uh, Les Yeux Sans Visage, which is an old French horror movie where uh, somebody gets their face sliced off. So I'll go watch that. Uh, and you guys going to see the new uh, Saw movie, which is uh, coming out. No new. Right, well, obviously I'm not because I, I cannot watch those movies. But I, I, figured I mean, I will really when it's out. I won't watch the movies. Right. I'll watch it eventually just to see if it. I want to see if they continue the the kind of previous uh, law, or whether it's a brand new kind of reboot. Right. Yeah, yeah. I watched the trailer; didn't really specify. Uh, yeah, I feel like it will mention the old stuff at some point. Yeah. Anyway, movies. Wait, uh, Any more movies that you guys want to talk about? Though? I watched. I got. I've got two little movies for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a little movie called. Uh, interview with the vampires. Um, it's got Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in it who play a couple of vampire f- fellas. Um, it's a strange movie. I've I kind of heard a lot about it in the past, but I'd never really looked into it much. So Brad Pitt plays a, a vampire who's kind of telling his life story to a journalist played by Christian Slater. Um, and it's all about him becoming a vampire after being bitten by Tom Cruise, who's a, another vampire. And their life together kind of over the, the years. And then it it starts out very kind of interesting. And I like the chemistry between Brad and Tom, as I call them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after uh, after the kind of midpoint, it starts to trail off a bit. And I lost, sort of lost interest. It got a bit too sort of camp and silly. But yeah, it was good to finally see that movie. Uh, it's all right. If you like your vampire stuff, give that a go. Um, I also watched... A Nightmare on Elm Street, Ooh, which is um, one of your classic horror movies mm-hmm. uh, featuring a lad called Freddy Krueger, who's basically a child murderer who gets burnt alive, then comes back years later and kills teenagers in their dreams. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Freddy Krueger. Um but he's he's got like swords on his hand and all that. <laughs> In the Hello, reboot, Brady. they actually insinuate that he's a pedophile as well. Red and green jumper. Because he's the, murdering kids isn't isn't severe enough. Yeah, yeah. I they didn't mention that in this one. I thought, but that was kind of my impression going into it. Yeah. Um. So it's actually I was expected to be really awful and cheesy, and it and it is. Uh, the act a lot of the acting is really bad. Uh, Johnny Depp is, is in it and he's just such a drip. It's hilarious. Yeah. Totally undepp like. Um a lot of the other actors are awful. Um but I would say it almost holds up better than things like Halloween um and Friday the thirteenth. It's yeah. so kind of weird. I think it definitely uh, holds up a lot better. The villain, obviously Freddy is like iconic and he's really kind of weird villain. You know, not just a boring killer with a mask on, he's he's fucking insane. Um 
and the concept obviously is really really cool as well um so yeah i did enjoy it a lot a few scares didn't find it too scary uh because i'm 33 but (laughs) um, yeah yeah, it it's it was good i'd definitely give it the big thumbs up i don't think i'll bother with the sequels and possibly freddy versus jason uh because I assume it ends with a uh, 90s-esque rap battle. I don't want to see that. <laughs> um, yeah, if not Nightmare on Elm Street, big thumbs up. Um, I've now seen Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street, so I feel like I've seen the big kind of... those big three franchises. Yeah, I'm still I'm still missing Friday the yeah. 13th. I've seen Halloween and Freddy. Or yeah, yeah. Tick, tick close off now. Yeah, I think ha- Halloween I, I found kind of boring. And, and Nightmare on Elm Street is, it, like you say, is the concept is super, super strong. So it's kind of similar to a Get Out. I, I kind of wish it was... Maybe maybe it wasn't at the time, but I feel like Freddy is a little <laughs> comical as a villain. Like, he's well, kind of silly yeah, sometimes. Yeah, the, the very first time he kind of appears, he has these big stretchy arms. <laughs> like, looks like a... I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. Some kind of weird puppet. It's a bit like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's not that scary then. Um, yeah. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Very good. Well, that's a, a super long movie guff this week. Movie guff. So where do you want to go from there? Played any video games? Uh, uh, yeah, but nothing new. Um, I played... Oh, uh, wait, no, that's, a, sorry, that's actually ahead. not true. Go. Sorry, I didn't mean to... to, to to figure out there hmm. uh still 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 tipping away on uh, um a ruiner um but i did on my journey start golf story on the switch uh, have you heard about that paul or i've heard a lot about it yeah i heard a, that's the same as well it's like it just kind of came out and everyone went crazy it's like okay uh, sure i'll get this um it is a halfway between a kind of an old school eight or 16 bit uh golf game and also a 16-bit kind of a RPG, a, a Chrono Trigger or a Earthbound or something like that, or maybe you know, we, you know, something something along those lines. Uh, really, really fun. Very charming, fun, light sense of humor about it. Um, uh, it's basically you are uh, you're just a, an aspiring golfer, and so you're just basically going to all these different kind of courses and talking to these interesting little characters. And obviously, you're playing uh, some, you know, a very kind of basic golf game where it's just, you know, aim it, then tap A once to set your power bar moving, and then tap it again to hit it, like really basic stuff. But it's it's really kind of the charm and the character of the world is is the star. Uh, also, as you're wandering around the world, you can press Y at any time to just drop a ball and tee off at any point. You can knock balls into characters. You can break things in the world. It's very it's very kind of fun. It's very uh, it breaks conventions a little bit of just you're not just you know walking around talking to a character and that triggers a golf game you're kind of you're you're playing golf in the world in kind of fun and unexpected ways tons of character tons and tons of character really really charming um and and the golf mechanics are are solid so it's 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 scratching uh, those two itches yeah highly recommended i'm still early in it but it's 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 good fun and i think it's it's just about 15 quid i think so and it's a good switch game so uh, yeah other than that nothing nothing new all right. Well, I played one new release uh, this week, which is the second episode of Batman: The Enemy Within, oh. which uh, just came out. Oh, something's happening here. Yellow card fire. Um, um, 
it's um definitely the weakest of them all i think i feel like it's the weakest uh batman or, or actually the weakest telltale episode i've played so far it um whereas the 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 season one of batman right one thing that it did really well was setting up its own kind of world and its own lore for the the batman characters so like two-face um at least in my game two-face is not actually physically scarred but mentally scarred and that's kind of what the, the two-face name represents although you can't have him be physically scarred in the game as well if if you make the choices that lead you down that road uh the penguin character is completely different to what you might know penguin as being from the, the comics or the movies uh whereas in this new batman episode 2 they introduce a few more villains i won't name them but uh <laughs> one by one they are exactly as the, you would think they would be <laughs> so they uh they don't do really anything new with them which is very disappointing um and of what the batman telltale series does best is kind of these puts you put you in very difficult choices and and set up interesting new characters this this episode is just very by the numbers and kind of boring there's nothing very exciting happening um you kind of go undercover with with the villains and try to infiltrate their gang uh infiltrate even um but again like all the villains are just so uh on what's the word for ununique they're also as expected they're all kind of by the numbers like for example let's say that um uh what's a, a typical batman villain let's say like scarecrow say uh he was in and he's just a scarecrow man who uses gas like there's no there's no unique take on it that's kind of what what all the villains are like which is disappointing because i felt like in episode one the riddler their take on the riddler was very cool um so it's kind of sad to see them go backwards with that but anyway that is uh my review of, of that it was not particularly good um fingers crossed they they can do better in episodes three four and five all right <laughs> but episode two was a letdown uh yeah obviously i still haven't I, I don't know that i'll ever get around to season two really and of course uh, the telltale games are not super fun to play especially if as you as you play more of them you get kind of burnt out on the formula it's even worse if if the the content of the story is not very interesting because to play them is not particularly fun. Uh, so so yeah, I think that's it for the game golf. Uh, uh, do we want to? What we do? do you, so did either of you lads watch any of those? Whoa 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 the email collection. Oh wait it's a minute! Not over, motherfucker. Oh yeah, until I say it's over. Um, I I talked about this last week, as loyal listeners will know. Uh, my purchase of the uh, mini SNES. Oh, this Nintendo Classic Mini. Um, so I've been playing that all week. I've been playing, played a bit of Super Mario. Mainly was playing Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Uh, which I was attempting to complete after about 25 years after starting it. Um, <laughs> finally completed it um, over the weekend. Yeah. Um, so I was very happy. Fucking hard game, man. Are you oh, going to 100%? Are you going to find all the bonus coins and DK coins? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a fun game, though. 
Um, God, it was tough. It actually, it got felt like it got a bit easier towards the end. I think some of the middle sort of zones were just really tough. Yeah. Just doing the same level 50, 60, 70 times almost. Like, it's really hard. So you just have to memorize the entire level and be like, right, jump, right, left. Okay, don't jump on this. It's like a fucking memory puzzle. Um, but yeah, that was good. I was glad to get that monkey off my back. So, uh, oh, yeah. so much you did there. The, the soundtrack yeah. of that game is super good as well. Yeah, so uh, now Game Guff is over. Well, what, what's next now that Donkey Kong's done and I don't know. I'll probably try and complete Super Mario. Um, I was kind of starting Mega Man, but I never played that as a kid. Mega Man's so. very hard, though. Is, 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 is yeah. Like, if you thought Donkey Kong was hard, good luck with Mega Man, because that's even harder. Yeah. Might give Zelda a go, then, in that case. Yeah. Let's see how that is. Right. Do we, do we want to do some emails before we go on, actually? Because I, I, I have we have emails from last week. You don't? I don't have any. Oh, I, thought, I don't have any. Well, I have one from... Uh, from the week before that I, I hang on to, which is uh, from Rashina, our, our good friend. Rashina. So she's sub- subject is Enzo Hate or Enzo Heat. Mm. She says, hey, <laughs> hey, Paul and the rest of the Chair Shot crew, that is you guys. I've been catching up with wrestling and I've noticed that there's a lot of Enzo Hate, especially online. I get most of the criticism, why people don't like him anymore, especially the main one, that he is a giant douche. But do you think this hate is legitimate or just another bandwagon that most wrestling fans will eventually forget by next year? I didn't like him winning the Cruiserweight belt either, but some of the tweets I saw about Enzo disgracing the Cruiserweight division seemed overdramatic. It seems like WWE is just using this Enzo hate to garner more interest in the division. Other than Neville's King of the Cruiserweights gimmick, it seems like it's one of the only things that has actually worked and gives them an excuse to publicly humiliate Enzo on screen for being such a problem backstage, allegedly. At least that's what it looks like to me. What do you guys think? It's always happy, happy Sunday. Um, I completely agree with Rashida's point of view, I must say. Um, although, ideally, what I would like the Cruiserweight to be, Cruiserweight Division to be, is like the best wrestling on the show. Ultimately, what the Cruiserweight Division has turned out to be is is just the same wrestling as you see in the non-cruiserweight division, but with little tiny guys who have, for the most part, no personality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the the TJ Perkins push died because he had no personality. They then had uh, Brian Kendrick with the belt, as I recall. Same thing. Uh, they had Cedric Alexander with the belt. Same thing. Um, and it was only really when they gave Neville the belt that it kind of felt like anything had kind of really worked or kind of stuck. Um... And it was kind of didn't didn't help that uh, a lot of the people that they kind of put the belt on, a lot of people that they kind of relied on, just didn't didn't seem good fits uh, to be the kind of the lead of the division. Especially when you look back on it, like although the Cruiserweight Classic was great and TJ Perkins winning was you know really great as well, um, he didn't really do very well as champion. You know, he he was just kind of a, a guy. Um, and you know, in part that's to him, and in part they they didn't really feel like they ever really truly got behind him. Um, so I th- I think yeah, having Enzo in there, he he stands out not only because he's he's not particularly a good wrestler, but he stands out because he is one of the few guys on that show on Two Hundred Five Live or in the division who can go out and and cut a promo and actually work a program. You know, whereas you know, is there anything? more like the matches would be good but like, who really wants to see a you know a, a tony niece versus brian kendrick program like people are interested in that 
Um, so, I mean, in a way, the Cruiserweight division has kind of panned out ex- exactly as you would uh, expect it to, given that it's WWE. Mm-hmm. As much as the optimism the Cruiserweight Classic gave to us. And maybe Enzo, you know, being up there uh, is not such a bad thing. Especially if they get a, a baby face. Get, get somebody who's a, a really good Cruiserweight who can, who can cut a half-decent promo. Get him in there with Enzo when you get someone behind him. Uh, as they're doing with Neville, funnily enough, because he is great. Um, I don't know if any you guys have any other thoughts on on that. Mm, no, no I really. summed it up pretty well. I think I think she's got a good point that the, the kind of reaction to it has been way over dramatic. With like they're they're killing the cruiserweight division, mate. They killed that division a year ago. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like the yeah the ship has sailed, and and also I think whether you they're like trying something new with it, they're trying to save the division. Yeah, he's, he's a star, you know. So so it does help. It does yeah. help. Thank you for your email, Rashina. Right. Happily, you are on the same wavelength as we are. Um, I also have not an email, but something that I found in the week. Just, this is this is my my uh, quick question to Barry. Okay, uh, I was looking through some old um, stories on our forum. Okay, the Pilkipedia forum, Pilkipedia.co.uk, and there was a thread from two thousand and nine called "School oh, Stories." God. School stories, and uh, there was a post by our very own Barry. One oh, sentence oh, long, oh. and I just want to ask you about it. It's just one sentence, right? Oh, Maybe no, it's not. It's not embarrassing about you. Don't worry. Um, okay. It's one sentence, and maybe the sentence is the whole story, and you have nothing else to add about it, or maybe you forget <laughs> completely. But here's the here's the quote. Okay, Barry Murphy, fourteenth uh, of March, two thousand nine, in the school stories thread posted. Uh, <laughs> some fella once got in trouble for sniffing a teacher's arse. Can you elaborate? <laughs> Uh, no, there's that much more to it. <laughs> okay, moving on. She was she was an attractive teacher. Uh, God, okay, there is more. You didn't say that. Well, no, she was one of the, it was an all boys school, and she was one of the ones that obviously everyone obsessed about. So he sniffed, you know, there's he sniffed always, the nice hours. Oh my god. So it's so I she walked past and he, like in class, and I think he thought he was doing it like he was doing it in an exaggerated way to make other people laugh, but but like he thought quiet enough that she wouldn't notice. Like he was kind of uh, miming or gesturing it, if I mm. recall correctly, okay. but also making a small noise. But just obviously wasn't being as subtle as he thought he was, and she just told him to get out. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, I hey. When you go to an old boys' school, you you, you 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 there are some teenage, you know, freaks, and you know that was one <laughs> such incident. I don't think I've ever had been to school where somebody sniffed the teacher's arse before. That's quite. I, a, that was the one occasion. It's never happened since. Quite a big one. Um, weren't really so many uh, Joe stories. I was trying to get one for each of you so we could kind of do a little thing on it, but uh, no, I don't. Know. Do you have any that you could have to mind? Um, I don't remember that thread. No, there was one that I posted, which I'll bring up. Um, a German fella got expelled after carving Mr. Um, Campbell. What was it? Is it just literally? St- it's just school stories. That's that's the topic. Um, a, a German fella got expelled after carving Mr. Campbell, which was misspelled. Is a fucking queer on the board? So <laughs> carved it into the board. And no joke, that teacher's son died like that week. Oh Jesus! And the principal, the principal went completely mad. Um, I remember him. I can imagine 
question. Yeah, kind of, kind of understandable, right? Um, Fucking hell. Oh, how's your week going? Well, first of all, someone called me a queer, which is not only an attack on me, but, <laughs> but is me. is carved into the blackboard with a knife. I, I, I don't, I, and he's like, I don't approve of homosexuality being used as an insult because it's it's uh, very very backwards in this day and age. And also, there's the old family issue. Also, he misspelled my name, which is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't respect me. He doesn't respect the gay folk. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that teacher's name on the just now. I shouldn't keep that out. I was gonna say actually, yeah, yeah, maybe edit that. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, just, probably, uh, he's probably not listening. In fairness, what? Repeat it again. I missed it. What was his name? Oh, uh, Mr. Johnson. Uh, Mr. Johnson, <laughs> you big out queer. Ah. <laughs> and the same week, celebrity <laughs> Tom Petty has died. Joe, thank you well, very what's much. What's that got to do with anything? Is he gay? No, he's he's the teacher's son. Is he gay? <laughs> Lord. Is he gay? All right, all right. Move uh, on. Right, so let's move on. <laughs> Please. Uh, have <laughs> Have either of you seen any of Hell in a Cell? I watched most Perhaps. of it, yeah. Apart from that case. I, since, since I had today off, I watched it live. I watched, I watched uh, the two Hell in a Cell matches. I watched the Rusev Orton match, the triple threat match for the US title, and I watched the women's match. I have not seen uh, Nakamura Mahal, which I can't imagine why I'd want to watch that. And I've not nope. seen Bobby Roode, Ziggler, same thing. You have you made the correct choices. I feel like just we can kind of quickly talk about them because they're not that important. I feel like the, the non-sale matches actually weren't too bad. I thought the, tri- uh, the triple threat match in particular I thought was very good. Um, I think cool spots in that but I felt it was felt like it was 20 minutes long I know it wasn't which it felt like it was it wasn't too far off the the Rusev Orin match to me was a nothing match and I didn't particularly like the women's match I thought well, the, yeah, I thought the two cell matches were really good match, but I think like the crowd was at least into it so it they were and Charlotte was you know taking out the moonsaults and stuff which were always got a, a good a good reaction the finish was super lame though of course yeah of course um, the two uh, cell matches Charlotte- I thought were both very good No, that's 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 it. <laughs> I thought the cell matches were both very good. You know what? They they both came off as like heated and like deserving of being in the cage. Yeah, which was a nice change of uh, of pace. Um, so that was good. Uh, the Usos New Day. I mean, that's just been a tremendous feud. Um, yeah, that would be uh, up there feud year for me. Uh, at the moment, it's certainly in the running because their matches have all been great and the segments have been great. And it's like it, this was like a really suitable payoff. They they um, uh, you know treated it like a real blood feud conclusion. Like they hated each other, and it was a violent fight. And they did all kinds of crazy spots, and it was just tremendous. And God, when you look at the when you look at how, how the Usos are just doing tremendous stuff now, and they've been in the company for seven years consistently, um, they really are a tremendous team. And I, I also respect the uh, the versatility of New Day to do something serious like this, despite you know mainly doing a lot of comedy. Well, I think it kind of gets over, you know, when when people use shoot names and stuff to kind of this is serious. They're using shoot names. I feel like when a, a, a group that is mostly comedy acts serious, that 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 makes it seem more serious. Yeah, you know, and you they were like angry and stuff, and that made it seem like oh, this is important stuff. 
And uh, the the main event was the spectacle you would expect it to be. Uh, you know, Shane is a crazy man. Yep. Uh, he did his, his shooting star, his coast to coast. Um, and they did like five minutes worth of spots on top of the cage. Oh my god, that was that was scarier than the the jump off the cage. I thought I was like, Jesus yeah, Christ, be they, careful! Oh, they were doing they were doing power. <laughs> they did a pop up power bomb on top of the cell. Oh god, you're just waiting for something. You're just waiting for something to break. But obviously, I mean, it's it's sturdier than perhaps we give it credit for. But um, oh, very very scary. Um, but uh, everyone survived. And then the big finish was that uh, Shane was going to do an elbow drop off the cell onto uh, Owens. And who should pull Owens off the table at the last second but Sami Zayn. Perfectly so, timed as well. Jesus Christ. An absolutely tremendously timed, tremendously filmed moment. Uh, yeah, because I actually missed it the first time they showed it. Like, I didn't see Sami Zayn at all. I was like, oh, Kevin Owens moved like Undertaker did. And uh, then they show the replay, and little Sami Zayn pulls him out of the way. And timed so well that, like, Shane McMahon is coming from the sky. Kevin Owens is still on the table. And he gets, like, pulled out of the way half a second before Shane McMahon... Because there's one of the camera angles that shows, like, in slow motion, Sami Zayn grabbing him by the hand and pulling him. And it's just like Shane McMahon comes so fast into frame, just slam. You're like, Jesus Christ. If, if Sami Zayn had been a second later, <laughs> Shane would have landed on him. You know, it was like so well tied. It was perfect. Any earlier and it would have looked hokey. Any later and it would have been disastrous for everyone involved. Um, but yeah, I thought the Cell match was like way better than the, the Undertaker match. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Partly, as you said, because it felt like there was some heat to it. Whereas the Undertaker, we talked about the build-up. It made no sense. Uh, why is Undertaker fighting Shane McMahon? I, I have no idea why. Um, and uh, yeah, I just feel like Kevin Owens is, is a lot more mobile than Undertaker is. So they could go up and fight on top of the cell. Owens himself took a bump. He took the Shawn Michaels bump off the side of the cell through the table. Um, yeah, here there was one weird thing about this match, which was that uh, fans started like booing when they climbed down off the cage. Uh, before they might, they well, I guess they, they 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 thought they weren't going to get the big spot then. Yeah, it's like, and some some people were like saying, "Oh, that's so disrespectful, blah blah." But it's like, I listen, I I wouldn't boo if I was there. But like, they they did like like we said, like five six minutes teasing that Owens was going to jump off the cage and that and that you know they like as if someone was going to go through the cage and like I think they thought that they were getting scammed out of a big spot obviously they eventually got it chained in the ridiculous jump but you know i can i can understand where they i were. mean the, the 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 feud in fairness especially the last like week had had kevin owens and shane man each threatening to you know shane saying he was going to jump off the cage on kevin owens kevin owens saying he was going to throw shane off the cage so they had effectively promised that someone was coming off the cage so i don't think the fans had to be too worried about it yeah um yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That cell match uh, was super long. Did not feel as long as it was. The, the Kevin O'Shea McMahon one. Uh, wanna, Joe, you haven't seen it. Do you want to hazard a guess how long that match was? 28 minutes. Okay, let me go to Wikipedia because I want to get the exact number here. Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon. Oh, I'll just say hell in a cell. Because um, I saw the figure and I was shocked after I had watched the match. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in a hell in a cell match went 39 minutes. Gee, what? 
like like Blade Runner to me, it did not feel that long. Because they, because they also, because um, like it's like they did a full crazy spectacle cell match for a half hour, and then they went outside and did all, and did all the madness after the fact. So yeah, it was long, and the show went obviously way over the three hours, like as they like to do now in the network. Uh, yeah, it was, it was three and a half hours long. Yeah, so well, uh, the Usos yeah. New Day match went twenty-two minutes. Yeah, that felt that felt long as well. In fact, pretty much every match on the show kind of felt long. Yeah, the, sh- uh, the, the shortest future. match was uh, not including the the pre-show was Rude Ziggler, which went eleven and a half minutes. So that was that was the which shortest. Was, which match. was and that was too fucking. That was eleven <laughs> minutes too long for that match. Um, uh, yeah, fucking Ziggler. I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Uh, yeah. So um, the the by the way, the pre-show match of Gable and and Benjamin versus the Hype Bros. That was like really fun. That was actually a yeah. really good tag match. Benjamin and Gable, good team. Uh, Benjamin hasn't missed steps. That's good. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it was it was a solid show overall. Uh, I think you know. Uh, yeah, what I saw what I saw was fine. Especially, I I really liked the two sound matches. I thought they were both four star region for me. Yeah, it's always nice when 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 you have those matches feel deserved and they deliver. So yeah, that's uh, that's hell in a cell. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll chat a little bit about uh, our weekend at, at OTT here. Um, this was the third year anniversary weekend uh, yeah. of shows. I have, uh, by the way, some more funny wrestling interaction stories. If you liked me haggling with Marty Skrull, uh, well, have I got a treat for you? If anyway, we'll get to those. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, so it was the third year uh, anniversary uh, show. They put on a show in Dublin, a show in Belfast. Uh, they made some announcements for December, which we will get to uh, in a bit. Uh, I think I can't remember if you and I talked about it. A lot of a lot of people were talking about how it would it would have been nice if OTT had like a home run weekend uh, of shows following some uh, some wishy washy weeks as far as PR goes. Uh, and I have to say, I I feel like they they really did. I feel like they they had two home run shows. Uh, they they opened the Dublin show with a uh, a much appreciated message that that you know uh, disrespectful chants towards the performers or other fans or anything like that would not be tolerated which is a the first step in a in a much needed uh, uh, direction for indie wrestling but also OTT in particular uh, that was that was one of the things that had kind of led to the, the the desire for them to have a great weekend here was that they were not dealing with that criticism very well online um, yeah. I can't we, if we talked about that on this show, but the the whole you know people complaining of uh, disrespectful chants and also some general uh, anti-social antics by certain sections of fans, mm-hmm. uh, and that OTT were just not at all being receptive to that on Twitter. Um, uh, but they they did open the show uh, with a message for that on uh, on Saturday, so that was good. Uh, onto the actual show, they opened with a video package uh, recapping the basically the first three years of the company. And uh, as as their videos always are, it was tremendous. Um, uh, yeah, what did you make of that, Paul? Uh, well, just before I go into that, the Ireland-Wales game is in the fifth minute of injury time now, of five. Okay. Ireland are winning 1-0, so it looks like Wales are going to be dumped out of the World Cup qualifying here. In Wales, by fucking Ireland, of all teams. Of um, all teams. Wales, who have a much better team than us, are losing against Ireland. In the in at home, in the Millennium Stadium. Well, Paul, the score line says something different, baby. Let's see what happens here. 
We're in five minutes and twenty five seconds. Ago. The referee's after, oh, after come the. On. Oh, Ireland are clean through here. Go on. Oh, geez, he's after. He, we might have a red card here. The Ireland player is after killing the goalkeeper with a slide. Oh thing. my god! It's a yellow. It's only a yellow. Uh, okay. for for Darren Murphy, <laughs> who in in an effort to waste time, the keeper had the ball in his own half. Darren Murphy instead of trying to play the ball, it's after killing the goalkeeper. <laughs> oh my god! With the one of the worst tackles you will ever see. Uh, sorry, it's David Myler, not Darren, Darren Murphy. Excuse me. We're in the sixth minute of injury time now. Wales have oh. one, one must be their last chance here. It's gone out wide. Crossed in. It's blocked. And it's over. And Wales are out. Ireland, are <laughs> amazingly, are through. Um, after <laughs> having beaten Wales with Aaron Ramsey in the team. Uh, having beaten by shite Ireland. Anyway. <laughs> Unbelievable! Uh, but it's like, but we do stand for the national anthem at OTT, and we love it in that moment. Um, you didn't kneel for the national anthem. I actually, in no, in a mad I'm shit. funny joke moment, I did kneel during the anthem. In process, justly. Which, in fairness, let me get on to justy. I was very sad at the kind of the lack of thank you or we want justy chance. So, I, so honestly, right, someone messaged me about that. They were like, we should do We Want Justy Chance. And I was like, my initial reaction was yes. My initial reaction and, was and they, said, there would be those chants already. So, But also, but you, you, those kind of chants, it's basically, like, even if it was Logan, his tag team partner in the ring, I feel like his reaction would be don't shit on other people because I'm not there. And so that was fair enough. And so then the p- person I was talking to was like, all right, when Marnell and McAnally are doing their speech opening the show, like we can, they, you know, they, they represent OTT, so we can do it then. And I was like, yeah, 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 good point. But then they were doing the please be respectful to the performers talking. I was like, oh, you bastards. I can't, I can't, we can't start a protest chat when you're being nice and doing the thing we asked you to do. So I, I, but I, I, I'm like you. I thought other than me, I thought someone else would start it somewhere. Um, I wonder, like, I, I mean, maybe outside of the Twitter sphere, maybe most of the people in that building do, didn't know or give a shit. Yeah, I feel like it was more they didn't know. Because um, obviously OTT have not been open about it at all. In re- it really, uh, there's a little boy from Wales crying. Um, <laughs> in, in the crowd. How many... How many people follow Justy on Twitter as opposed to as opposed to follow OTT? And I'm talking about your your typical OTT heads. Yeah, a few surely, but probably the majority. I, I would even say the majority of people probably had no idea. Um, so, so there were there were no uh, there were no Justy protest chants. We also I don't know if did you say that the we were in the queue. Around the same time we're normally in the queue. There was like half the amount of people who are normally there. Yeah. For the third anniversary show, yeah, the um the now in in the building it actually I actually thought there was more. Eventually, I thought there was more. Yeah, it, there it did fill out, but it was weird how few people were there during the queue. The, the, t- the Tivoli the Tivoli attendance recently has been has been pretty weird. I don't know if it's like people are saving up for the national stadium or I I don't think it can't possibly be like that they don't like the lineups. Cause as we've said on this show, I think the lineups have been better than the national stadium shows. Um, maybe look, maybe it's a circumstantial. I mean, as I say, when, when the show started, uh, that place was more or less, you know, as full as it ever is. 
but yeah, uh, in the queue, like I, yeah, you uh, you showed up only a little bit after me, and I was like, this is yeah, this is very quiet. But um, but yeah, so um, oh, just I asked there a second ago, did you what did you make of the the anniversary video? Oh, I liked it a lot. Um, again, I kind of felt a little bit sad that although he wasn't completely admitted that there was very little justice in it. He is. I actually watched it again this morning. He is in it for about one second, reacting to the gymnastics title win, and that's it. Like there wasn't uh, even the little wink, or <laughs> there wasn't the wink. How can you do it? How can you do an OTT video without the justy wink? Without the justy wink, I don't know. Uh, little, yeah, a little sad, a little dampener on it, but you know. Yeah, and also like like um, so much of that video, lots of the lads from the flats who are like seemingly not not going to be there anymore, which is a bummer. Um, yeah, but it was it was a great video. Their their video team are, are tremendous. Yeah. Uh, as for the actual matches, uh, it, what did it kick off with? I actually can't even remember what the opening match was. Um, uh, it was the Eddie Dennis and Fabulous Nikki against the young lads. Um, oh, Curtis yes. Murray and uh, Nathan Martin. Nathan Martin. Uh, yes, this was great. Uh, this was a really good opener. Uh, the the youngsters are, uh, <laughs> are great. Very, very talented. They are great, and they and they are youngsters. Like I think someone, they are they are ridiculously young. Let me just tell you that much. Uh, uh, Curtis Murray did a spot in this match that I've never seen before. Yeah, he had each of the opponents in the kind of um, test of strength grip, one on each side. So he's no yeah. hands, okay? I mean, he has hands, but he's holding the other people's <laughs> hands with him. So he runs up and and jumps both feet onto the middle rope. Right, he's facing out towards the crowd, standing for a second on the middle rope. He does a front flip into a springboard off the rope. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was mad. Um, and, then, and then, like, immediately after, he try, he kind of went to Eddie Dennis. Eddie Dennis is really, really fun. I'm really enjoying him uh, in the Tivoli. He's like a deceptive big man. Mm. Like, you don't really... You look at him, and he's, he's taller than average, but you don't, you don't expect him to be so strong, but he caught Curtis on, like, some kind of... Uh, uh, you know, satellite DDT or Hurricane Rana type move and got him in crucifix powerbomb position and threw him out of the ring, Hernandez style, border tossed him out of the ring. Just really yeah. impressive show of strength. Um, uh, yeah, and eventually I believe the uh, the contenders won, didn't they? Or did they... Uh, no, uh, Eddie Dennis uh, pinned Curtis Murray. Oh, yes, that was right. That was right. Yeah, sorry, no, Curtis won uh, the next night. But it's no, fine. I don't think, you know, my, my brother was very kind of like, why would you have them beaten by geeks essentially are saying well you know they're they're the young lads they'll be fine they'll get their chance they'll climb the ladder they're yeah, not they're, they're not hurt by the loss the, they, yeah they are, they they are man's never been on it before but they are literal teenagers you know <laughs> and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure nathan martin i, th- I might be getting confused because i don't i don't follow the I, I know some people who like really follow those guys like from before they were on contenders know them well so i might be getting my stats mixed up here but i think nathan martin is like so 30 matches in in like ever like like they're very very good very impressive these super these super impressive guys on contenders they are they are teenagers and they are they've had like a couple of dozen matches which makes it even more impressive that they are as good as they are i might be getting that again my my stats might be a little off curtis murray especially and uh and scotty davis are so rapidly improving that it's kind it's kind of scary it's it's fascinating just to think about where they might be when they're like Jordan Devlin's age, which is about you know, ten, maybe six, seven, eight years apart. Yikes! Um, 
but yeah, and as, as you mentioned, I mean, I, I don't even know that they are necessarily like going to be quote unquote full timers on main OTT shows. The the story was that they impressed on the last contender show, and so they got this match. That was the uh, that was the story. Uh, whereas whereas you know Eddie Dennis is probably going to be a full timer, more more or less a full timer going forwards. Um, so there was that uh, match number two was. I don't remember. You're gonna to have to tell me. Oh God, we are rubbish. I, I said, wait, 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 wait. I can, I can do this. The second match was the other. Was it uh, Logan Bryce against Chris Brooks? The second match. Oh yes, yes, uh, yeah. So uh, Chris, it was originally C- all of CCK were announced, and then uh, uh, Travis Banks is having some kind of continued travel issues. He pulled from a lot of shows, and Kid Like Us was hurt. So so Chris Brooks was on his own. So I'd imagine this was originally going to be uh, CCK versus uh, the Gentlemen's Club is the name of that Logan group now. Mm. Uh, I'd imagine it was probably going to be some tag match, but they just did Logan versus Brooks. Uh, it was all right. Um, all right is as far as I'd go, to be fair. I was, I was a little bit disappointed with it. I, I was pretty disappointed, too. I thought Logan had a, a much better match the next night, mm. I, as did Brooks. I just think it, was, it wasn't anything um, uh, special. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the finish, uh, like they were having like this okay match, and then the finish was uh, DQ. Uh, was it a low blow right in front of the ref or something like that? Something like that. Uh, yeah, so it was um, it was nothing uh, uh, special. So they 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 did the DQ, and the there was a big schmoz where where the heels were beating down Chris Brooks. <laughs> And what I originally thought was a sound effect being played over the the speaker system, the sound yes. of a chainsaw uh, played, and everyone went crazy because they knew it was going to be Angel Cruz. And so Angel Cruz emerges from underneath the ring with a chainsaw, and it definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't like a fake, and it definitely wasn't a sound effect they were playing because the fucking stink of petrol. I was gonna say the, yeah, for the next twenty minutes was unbelievable like it, it, it kind of reminded me of when like um whenever wwf would do some angle with petrol and jr would be freaking out my god the smell the stench the stench of gasoline uh that was that was us it was overpowering and i was already so i my enjoyment of the show was slightly hindered by the fact that i got right before the first match i started to get a, a pounding migraine oh damn. Uh, I think I think the flashing lights on the stage set me off, and it genuinely stuck with me all the way back to Limerick. I was I was feeling pretty unwell, uh, so and then the fucking petrol fumes got me. But uh, Angel Cruz comes up out of the ring, and uh, be cool. And Chris Brooks, they pick Logan up and they have him upside down, like like, like they're trying to shake coins out of him. Yeah, and like 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 uh, Cruz is gonna fillet him with the chainsaw. But they escape. In fairness, so, uh, the chainsaw didn't have the chain on it, so they weren't gonna. They did not. They did not. Which is which is good because they were being goofy and bouncing around the they, ring. They're doing the Texas so. chainsaw swing, the yeah. chainsaw around. It was it was tremendous, as it always is with with Angel. Uh, and then they made the announcement for next month. Uh, Team Prick, the uh, the security for Angel will face uh, Logan and Sammy D next month, which is an interesting match. Yeah. Uh, Team Prick are great. Uh, another another pair of youngsters who are who are fantastic in their role. Um, I'll be interested to see what what, what that match is like um, uh, next. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was that. Um, they had the OTT Women's Championship. Yeah. Uh, Session Moth Martina defending against Veda Scott. 
Beta Scott was one of those imports where I was kind of curious. Is like, is, is she going to be known? Is she not going to be known? Is she going to be a face? Is she going to be heel? They they had the common sense, I think. To she went out and she basically did a, a teetotal promo where she talked about doing an intervention and getting Martina off the cans, uh, which I think was good. She came out and I didn't get the vibe that anyone knew who she was. No. Um, so it was it was good that they they went in the direction of give her give her a little promo to get her some heat, and it, she got great heat. Uh, and the match was okay. Um, uh, Martina was doing her stick with cans, and Veda uh, grabbed one of them at one point and very slowly walked to the side of the ring and teased, pouring it out, and she eventually poured it out, and everyone was very disgusted. Um, I think there was one spot where, where things went a bit wrong, uh, but other than that, it was fine. <clears throat> hmm. Excuse me. Martina won clean with the, yeah, a crippler crossface. Um, I, th- I thought that match sucked. You thought it sucked? <laughs> yeah, it was the, it, the worst entity match I've I've ever seen. Ever? Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. Oh, I think all. I think. Um. I think the uh, the Logan Bryce match was alright. I think this match was was quite bad. Um. They just had then very little chemistry. They just kept messing moves up, and not only that, but a lot of the match was like they would do dives to the outside, or Martina would do a dive to the outside. Uh, but Vader Scott would like stand behind the group of like the five security guys who catch all the dives yeah. so every time Martina was just doing dives onto like people and Vader Scott would like not be hit by them and would fall over and I was like this is this is shite this is and Vader Scott also missed a spin kick by a good two feet in the corner and oh, yeah man I was like this is a complete mess end this please let me get away from this <laughs> which is a shame because I really like I do I do like Martina a lot but uh Nixon Newell this was not no right right uh, then we had in the greatest match of all time. Actually, this was actually a bit disappointing. I actually was was pretty disappointed with this. Uh, uh, Bobby George Jr. versus Rene Dupree. Yeah. Who's uh, a foot guy? Hey, stinky. <laughs> so he came out and he he actually, which was great. He did reference that he had obviously been in Dublin before. Former NLW champion. Ooh. Uh, uh, Rene Dupree. Um, so he came out. Uh, did this feel like really short to you? Like, they they pretty much just did the 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 bit of shtick that Bobby always does, the 180. But the intro, then the 180, oh. Rene did the, the, the French tickler, Bobby did the French tickler, and then they just did a finish. You know what I mean? It felt like they... they it did, but I, I, I think to say they did an intro is, is underselling how, how good that was. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to undersell the great Tony Idol, the, so, the greatest man in all the wrestling. So let me just say, I laughed until I cried at this. Um, Rene Dupree is in the ring, okay? Because he's he's uh, from Canada, wherever in Canada he's from, and um, Bobby George Junior's darts announcer Tony Idol comes into the ring and uh, puts his hand out to shake Rene Dupree's hand because you know he's polite in that. Rene Dupree puts his hand out. Tony Idol takes it, kisses him on the hand, and goes enchanté, <laughs> um, like he's so polite that he took the time to learn some French for him. I laughed for about an hour at that. Because um, his, his delivery is great. And he actually came out and he was standing like right beside me for two hours of the show. And I, I, I did get a chance to say hello to him. Uh, I had to tap him on the shoulder and say, Sorry, can you get out of my way? I'm trying to get to my seat after I went for uh, to buy a t shirt. But uh, he was super nice and really his performer. Yeah, yeah the myself was kind of nothing y. Um, but fuck, yeah. so, so entertaining that, that act. Uh, and then Bobby George Jr. was defeated. Very surprising, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I actually didn't see the move <laughs> that won the match. 
I looked away for a second and looked back and he was pinned. I went, what happened? Oh, an elbow from the top. Ray Dupree did an elbow drop, apparently, and beat him with it. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was it was um, it was odd. Yeah, um, and it's not like Rene. At least I don't think is going to be a, a regular or anything. But um, no, but I like I like the idea of Bobby George Jr. as kind of the underdog who's who's not very good but is super entertaining, and uh, yeah. not very good in, in terms of doesn't win. Not he he is yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it was a short match. It was fun, and and after the match, Rene they they did uh, they had a respectful you know shaking of hands after the match. That was fine. Uh, and then I believe that was it until intermission. That was it. And then there um, was... No, there was one more. There was uh, Zach Gibson against Cole Cabana. Was, oh, was yes. Pre, yes, yes, pre yeah. pre-intermission. Uh, and that was fun. I thought Cole Cabana came off very well. Um, yeah. I'm not the biggest Cabana fan, but I thought he was good. Uh, Zach Gibson, of course, is great. I was almost going to buy a Zach Gibson shirt, but his shirt is like Scouse written on it. I'm like, as a United fan, I cannot wear a Scouse t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it, it, his stuff is extremely Liverpool-based, obviously. So, uh, so, so yeah. he, He's great, though. Um, um, yeah, So and, and that, that was a fun match. It was, it was very much a, a Cabana match. It was uh, lots of comedy, and it was very, very fun. Cabana is, is lots of fun live, um, yeah, he I was. think. And, and they, they played off uh, Gibson very well. And Gibson, for the finish, playing off some of the chants, uh, he basically had a, a weapon wrapped in a shirt, and at one point it was unwrapped, and it was, in fact, a stolen car stereo yeah. uh, that he wanted to try and use as a as a weapon. Uh, he got the win, obviously, still getting that big push. Yeah, he referenced Charlie Sterling and, and, and Shah Samuels again. Um uh, so I think I still think that's going to be a tag match. Someone I missed this, but in his opening promo, he did say something about how he'd burned through all the Irish tag teams, and that's why there was no one for for him and Sterling and and Samuels to face. I I didn't see this, but someone said to me that the Kings of the North were like on the stage. They were. They were standing beside me, nodding and looking at it. Yeah, they they did come out. Because okay, I was so I was watching the promo and I got a tap on my shoulder from Natalia, who's sitting to my left, not the wrestler, and. Uh, she tapped me like once and I kind of say, oh yeah, what, what? And she tapped me again and I turned and there's these two hulking men standing right beside us. And I'm like, that is the Kings of the North. And I gave uh, Corvin and uh, Bonesa a wave, uh, which they just sneered at me. Ah, uh, yeah. Similar to how when I patted Corvin on the shoulder at one time, he looked at me like, don't do that again. So I've not learned my lesson. <laughs> but that was quite cool. But yes. So uh, I'm wondering if if uh, I was wondering the same. I thought maybe they maybe at the end there would be some kind of uh, you know beat down of Cabana post match. Maybe Sterling if he was there. I know he wasn't there. He's was actually working a match in the UK. But uh, th- that maybe the Kings of North come out for, come out for the save, the big face turn. But uh, maybe they'll save that for for next time or December. Yeah, I feel I feel like they should do the match in December. So maybe they should do the save next month. But we will we'll see. Oh, what a pop that will get, dear lord. Yeah. It'll be it'll be great. Um, so yeah, so that was intermission, and then we came back with uh, Matt Riddle versus Speedball Mike Bailey, which was maybe the best OTT match of the year so far. Uh, it was one of I think those, it was. I think it was one of those just religious experiences to see live. Yeah. Um, uh, just they they worked it in the style that you would you know you would hope they worked. I mean, it wasn't just any other great indie match. I mean, uh, Bailey is a legitimate. Uh, uh, I think he's a black belt in ooh something. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> he and Ian Riddle actually had a kind of like a shoot style. Yeah, at the beginning it was very kind of shoe fighty. Yeah, they were slapping and or, kicking and leg kicks and all that. Uh, w- WXW do a a kind of like uh, quasi MMA rules tournament uh, during sixteen carat weekend. It's like a one day tournament, and they had a match in that completely different to this one. Obviously, it was because they they. That is played kind of like fake MMA. It's a very acquired mm. taste, but it was cool, and, and you can tell Bailey has legitimate training. Uh, so in this match, I mean, they were just teeing off on each other, exchanging really stiff strikes. Uh, the whole match, they did uh, they did some crowd brawling. Uh, Riddle got Bailey in a triangle choke over the edge of the stage, right over by little Paul Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just absolute man. Again, you can't, we can't, you can't really convey it, you know, on this podcast how great this match was. But it was one of the best I think we've both seen all year. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the atmosphere was just ridiculous because, uh, as mentioned, you know, when ba- when Bailey showed up in February, no one kind of knew who he was, but they they loved him uh, after that great match with Jordan. Uh, and Riddle is obviously beloved everywhere he goes. So they were just way into this match and just tons of crazy near falls. Uh, at one point, Bailey did like his uh, shooting star knee drop. Uh, that was over on our side of the ring, and just the thud of his knees hitting Matt Riddle was just absolutely crazy. Um, and Riddle eventually won, uh, which was uh, uh, really, which was the right decision uh, given where they're going. Um, so then there was, was that. It was only two matches after intermission, right? Main yeah, event was no, next. there were three. No, we had the, the Jordan Devlin, Ligero, uh, Scotty oh. Davis match. I forget that. My, yeah, my memory's in bits. This well, you saw two shows, in fairness. So that's okay. Yeah, to be fair. Um, the, uh, yeah, so it was El Ligero versus Scotty Davis versus Jordan Devlin in a three-way. Uh, they had the unenviable position of following that previous match, and I think they actually did a tremendous job. They did. Um, it was really good. They got they got everyone back into it. They got the crowd reacting you know, in a really tough position. Um, uh, another great Devlin performance. All kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, uh, Scotty just felt like he belonged in there with with two guys who are you know countless years ahead of him in experience. He he felt like he just fit in there. It was really really fantastic stuff. Uh, you know, Leguero obviously is a is a, as as consistent a performer anywhere in Europe, and uh, Devlin did eventually uh, win. I think he pinned Scotty. Was it? Uh, yeah, with the pile driver, which yeah, which he sold which he sold super well, like RVD yeah. style. Bleh. <laughs> Yeah. So and and Devlin's momentum kept kept rolling. People, you know, they're now chanting, you know, next world champ, champ at Devlin. So it's yeah. obvious that the fans, even before the announcements at the end of the show, the fans are are in on on where they're going. Then the main event was uh, ACH versus Mark Haskins for the championship. Uh, I was into this match. I thought it was good, and then it just kind of ended. I was. You know what it reminded me of? What? Uh, Ryan Smile, Jeff Cobb. Yes, yeah. It's like it was like good, and it was going along well, and you were you were waiting for like the fi- the the closing stretch of craziness, and it just kind of never came. And I I think it was maybe it was it was kind of having to follow the previous two matches because the three way also had some some crazy spots, some like diving into the stage area and all kinds of other stuff like that. Whereas this one, like Haskins got his armbar kind of out of nowhere on ACH, and ACH tapped. And I, everyone in my section was completely caught off guard by that. Um, so I don't know if that was maybe a time thing or, or what it was, but um, good match. Not not a great match. Not a not a great yeah. team, but um, but it was solid. I, I, I'm not going to go. Obviously, you know, 
all, all the time. We're getting two hours in here. Yeah. I won't go through the whole Belfast card, but the, the Devlin ACH Haskins three-way was fan fantastic in belfast it was it, it blew the the singles match out of the water okay. uh, and not just and not, and not just because devlin was in there and you know not just to praise devlin again but i mean haskins and ach were tremendous in that match they told a really great story they were it was all action haskins you know haskins you know he has that the gimmick of what is it the one man wrecking crew whatever it is i mean mm. he really came off like an ass kicker in that match like he was just taking the two of them on uh it was it was a fantastic main event um i just don't so, know yeah. that haskins is really connected as champion yet for whatever reason, I mean, the, during the chase, yes, but then since champion, I kind of feel like it's not the same as when like Pete Dunne was champion, or or even to an extent when Ryan, Ryan Smile was champion. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he's I think he's someone that people like, but they don't necessarily love. Or well, mm. not people, OTT fans specifically. Mm. Um, I think everyone likes him, but I don't think that, that he's adored the way Pete was. Mm. Um, so after the match, uh, Jordan came out. He said that uh, he wanted. A title match at the National Stadium. And so Haskins was like, yeah, of course. Uh, Matt Riddle came out. Huge ovation. Huge ovation, yeah. And he said, Devlin calls himself the import killer, which is how he was announced, by the way, uh, on this show. And he says, well, I'm the king of the imports, and you haven't killed me, which everyone got very excited about. So he said, next month, me and you, winner gets Haskins. Everyone cheered. So next month, it is Jordan Devlin versus Matt Riddle. And that was the exact moment that my ticket was bought, or, yeah, s- or I, sold, yeah, depending like, how you look at it. Because I was, I, well, I was talking to you before the show. We looked at the poster, and to be fair, I was kind of like, nah. and I, I'd even said to Natty sitting beside me, I said, uh, "This is our last time in the Tivoli today for like three, four months." Because the next show, we're not going to go in November. The next one we're going to is uh, the Stadium show, and then maybe in January we'll be back here. Huh. And then they're like, "Oh, Devlin Riddle." <laughs> I'm like, let me get my wallet and go back on my word here a second. Yeah, I I was very conflicted on the November show because they they before before we went in for this one, they put the poster out. Joey Janela is the big kind of um, the big new person that's debuting, which is good. He's very he's very in right now. So, so himself and himself and Riddle are the big exports for the show. Or yeah, and, and Riddle obviously you know the best thing going today, more or less. Uh, so the you know, solid announcements, but uh, like I either. That week or a week and a half later, I'm going to the Killers in Dublin with Kira, and it's like, I was like, ah, money wise, it's like I would like to say I did every Dublin show this year, but ah, I don't know. I mean, I like Janella, but I don't know if I'm like gonna, you know, put the money up to go see him and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, we'll see what happens on the show. But like you, when they announced that, I was like, all right, not a hope. I'm missing Riddle uh, Devlin, not a fucking hope. So, uh, so they announced that, and like you, I was sold on it right away. Uh, ACH as well. This is cool, you know, to build up a match. You know, the, the following night's match, ACH was like, "All right, well, I lost, but if I we have a three-way tomorrow, non-title, but if I win, I'm back on the scene, and I want a, I want a title shot, which was, which was a nice, um, you know, a nice bit of logic, a little continuity there to set up the, um, uh, uh, the especially the, since the three-way was a non-title match, it gave some importance to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so that was all great. You know, really, really solid booking for the title. I feel like people are behind Devlin. You know, they like Haskins, but I, I, I think when it comes to the stadium, I think he will be. I think he will be booed. I think, I think Devlin is is the in pick. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, but now, but I think the November show is going to be fascinating. I don't think people will boo Matt Riddle. I think they will just loudly cheer both of them. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, Riddle is just too cool. He's he's too cool to hate. Um, 
So, so yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, so I, w- I won't go in depth on Belfast. One thing I will say, uh, the Belfast uh, did, was a really, really fun show. It was worth the trip. The Kings, seeing the Kings of the North live in Belfast is fantastic. Um, they are beloved. They are heroes. Uh, the match I that stood out the most to me was they did Martina and Colcabana versus the Angel Cruisers. Mm. It was nonstop. One of the funniest matches, like since I've been going to OTT, absolutely loved it. Uh, Team Prick did loads of stuff; they were hilarious. Martina brought uh, a baby stroller out with her, with a little baby dressed in a in a in a um, a leather, <laughs> not leather, leopard print uh, uh, blanket, which was actually just a bag of cans in a it wrapped up in a pram. Uh, just ton, tons of great stuff, really really fun. Uh, and then Haskins actually took the mic before the main event and said, you know, fuck that non-title thing. We're doing it for the title. Uh, and so uh, they had a match. It was great. Devlin hit him with the package pile driver. It had him beat, but ACH broke it up. Mm. And then later, a few minutes later, Devlin hit ACH with the package pile driver. But Haskins laid him out and pinned ACH. So clearly, you know, clear as day telling the story that twice Devlin basically had the match won and would have been champion, but Haskins uh, didn't turn heel or anything, but he he somewhat, you know, sneakily got a win um, uh, just, to, just to further that story. So um, very much appreciate what they're doing there for that. And uh, I guess the only other thing to talk about from these shows were the announcements for December, which were... Uh, the, the Bo- Dalton Castle and the boys uh, from Ring of Honor, uh, they were announced and their match was announced. They're facing, they're facing the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull. And the other match that they announced was Cody Rhodes versus Flip Gordon versus Phoenix in a three-way. What a weird match that is, by the way. Uh, I think those are two kind of weird matches, and I was pretty disappointed with those matches. I mean, I, I think that six-man is going to be fantastic, obviously. Uh, Dalton Castle's great. The boys are fantastic. The the elite, we know they're great. But I was really hoping for something that kind of feels like you could see it on on any given Ring of Honor show. Yeah. If you know what I mean, like 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 you know um, that could be a Mania weekend main event. I perhaps foolishly, I had my heart set on. I was thinking a Kings of the North match for the Bucks. I was thinking maybe an Angel Cruisers match for the boys. I was you know I was thinking. Put you know, let's do let's do some OTT flavor matches on this, and it, it sounds very spoiled given the caliber of talent we're getting, and I don't want to sound spoiled, but I I was pretty disappointed with those announcements, yeah. uh, and also that that that, that Cody three way. I mean, I I don't even know what that match is. It's it's. I think those three guys are great. We just saw Flip last month. He was awesome. Phoenix is tremendous, um, but it's 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 WWE universe. You know, random number generator matches. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I was, I was more confused about that one than the uh, the Dalton Castle match, which is just yeah, it just smacks me of like PWG comedy main event, you know. Um, I, the only I, thing, I, the only thing that I, I'm thinking though, the only thing is, okay, allow that those weird matches, but keep in the back of your mind, you're getting Jordan Devlin, Mark Haskins for the title. Yes, yeah. So it's all right. You're getting you're getting a, a an OTT homegrown main event, you know what I mean. Whereas last time it was what Rush, Osprey, and um, who were they with? Smile, Smile against Young Bucks and Omega, which again kind of had that feeling to it of okay, this isn't really the the OTT match. Um, so let me tell you quickly before we go as well. 
yeah. my little my little experiences. Um, so I I didn't plan on getting a T-shirt this time until I saw that they were selling the Angel Cruisers shirt. Um, and during the intermission, I saw that that Be Cool and Angel Cruise had a little stand and they're selling their shirts. Uh, so I went down. They had the biggest queue of any <laughs> wrestler there, which made me very happy. The little homegrown Irish boys. Um, so got in the queue, went up and met them, sh- shake the hands. How are you? Angel Cruise and, and Be Cool. People in the queue, by the way, taking forever to have their photos taken with them. Like the the, the stereotypical, which button do I press to take the photo? Oh, wait a minute. The flash didn't go off. Oh, hang on. I'm like, come on. Because I don't... I don't care to get my photo taken but i do want to buy a shirt and i want to get back to my seat uh, so i eventually got up i said can i please have uh one of them in large please be cool reaches down into what appeared to be <laughs> a box of t-shirts with no rhyme or reason to them in terms of which ones are which size so he's picking <laughs> he, he's picking up a shirt looking at the label on it going no and putting it back in the box picking up another shirt <laughs> <laughs> looking at the label again and going no, no, no. And legitimately looks through about six shirts before he finds a large one. He goes, aha! Uh, during which Angel Cruz looks at me apologetically and goes, this is a shambles. <laughs> I went, don't worry about it. Um, and then they gave me, got, you know, shake their hands there. And then next to them was, with nobody going to say hello to him, was Rene Dupree. Ah, It was a little bit sad. So I, I went, you know... I don't get the chance every day to speak French to a wrestler. So I'm going to take oh, this opportunity. Oh. And I go oh. to, I go to, and he goes, how, how are you? Or when I, you know, whatever. And I go, oh, hang on a second, you fucking geek. I'm not doing this English shite. And I go, bonsoir. <laughs> and we proceed to have a little three minute conversation in French. Now, I'm only re- realizing now, of course, Rene Dupree from Canada, that I don't actually know if he speaks French. I mean, he did speak French <laughs> to me, but I'm thinking back, like, what if I had gone bonsoir and he's like, uh, uh, bonjour, je m'appelle René. Because <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm thinking back, I didn't know if he spoke French as a shoe or not. But for, for the record, he did, right? For the record, he did. Um, oh, thank God. I went up to him, we had a little chat in French, I said, oh, you know, the match was very good, thanks very much, and he said, oh, it's nice of you to say, yada, yada, yada. So I'm standing there talking to him for three minutes, and like, I can't now just leave, so I'm like, um... Let me get one of your photos off you. Now, I'm again, I'm the kind of person who would never buy a signed 8x10. But I've been here talking photos, to Renee. Photos are the thing to buy when you want to have a chat with exactly. the lad. Without, and, it's a, and it's a fiver. You're not buying a 25 quid shirt. And he, all, all he had was photos, by the way. So, um, okay. there's no t-shirts, right? So I was like, uh, give me one of your photos. And he goes, which one do you want? And I'm like, Renee, I don't care <laughs> which photo you give me. <laughs> Um, but I go. I'll take. Uh, I'll take this one with. Uh, yeah, little Beefy. little title belt. On. No, just him coming out with a title on. I was like, I'll take the one with the title. Uh, so he signs it with. Um, I actually have it behind me here in, in the room. He signs it. He goes, "What? What's your name?" And I go, "Paul." And then for some reason, I don't know why, <laughs> I spelled that for him. And it's Paul, P A U L. And he goes to Paul Rene Dupree. The only problem is the the. The background of the photo is quite dark, and he signed it with a black pen. So if you if you didn't know it was signed, you probably wouldn't see it. Um, also, the the on his own official eight by ten, I don't know if this is a WWE rights thing, uh, but Dupree is misspelled, D U P R E. 
So no, no second E as as there is supposed to be. Because I know his real name is not Rene Dupree. Okay. Um, yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be a yeah copyright thing. Yeah. Uh, Rene Dupree with one E. Um, but that was quite nice. Uh, eight euro for the foe. So a little bit on the expensive side. Um, but he was he was he was pretty sound and it was a fun little talk. I bumped into Barry on the way back and <laughs> showed him my little photo and went. I had to talk to Rene in French, didn't I? Um. And the Angel Cruisers shirt is real nice. They they were really nice as well to talk to for a minute. Yeah, it's it's a great shirt. I went up to one of the team prick boys in yeah. Belfast, and obviously following on from what you were mentioning about how popular they were, he said we got a small and a double XL. Yeah, and you had to like, get it on the first night, mate, because their queue was, was so like, long. I was like, I'm not quite double XL, mate. To be fair, um, <laughs> to young whatever his name is, Peter or Rick, I can't remember. He goes to me, why don't you try on the 2XL? <laughs> You'll grow and, into it. Literally. And see if it fits. And so I went, okay, knowing this would be ridiculous. I, I put it on, and it was, like, a massive tent. on me. And he was like, you know, it's all right. I was like, it's not. <laughs> He's trying to work out your money. That's why. What a I was What like, a carny. I was like... I was like, fair play to you. He's like, he's past. like, you know, when a woman goes into like, um, Mark Spencer was there and she's trying on the shops and going, it looks lovely on you. <laughs> it's basically around with you. <laughs> and Jesus, like, the ladies will love that on you. You look great. He said, he said to me at the beginning of the conversation, live in the gimmick. He said, uh, the boss sent me a challenge. You know, I got to sell as many of these as I can. Yeah, uh, what a worker. Out. Jesus, what a line. Is he, does he have telemarketing experience or what? What a, what a, what a, what a, what, what a salesman. Idea. But but he he really tried to sell me this shirt when it was visibly not gonna fit me, um, and I said I'm sorry I really can. I was like I go every month I will get one next month I promise. Like this isn't me this isn't me squirreling out of giving you money. I I will be getting one of these because they are great and also they're purple. Uh, no more black shirts. Yeah, so I have the bright purple. Uh... Angel Cruiser shirt, which, which I did get large. Maybe they had one, Barry, but they just couldn't find one in their box of randomly assorted no, shirts. I, I would say I would say they didn't because the box was looking kind of empty, and there was people in front of me getting some as well. So yeah, the Angel uh, Cruiser shirt was only was only twenty euro as well. So it was uh, yeah, very reasonable. Yeah. And I was very happy to like you know you can get your I have Mary Scurll shirt obviously get your Young Book shirt, but there's something nice about supporting the the locals, the, the little local lads, you know. So. Um, and I'm I'm happy I'm happy to hear that they are seemingly flying off the shelves and and being successful. I I did have one interaction over the weekend where I did have to just walk away from a piece of merch because it was too expensive. Uh, oh, yeah. They have track jackets now, like like sports jackets produced by O'Neills. Yeah. Um, let's say over the th- they're really cool looking. I mean, and it'd be like good for like a rain jacket. I uh, went up to the lady in in, in the Belfast merch table and I said, uh, "How much are those?" And she said, 50 pounds." And I was like. Oy. Ooh, I, you know what? I need to. I, only I left the oven on. Oh, uh, yeah, that's my Mary Skirl technique. I've only got 20 euro, mate. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. So I I had to just awkwardly scuttle off. But I did. I tell you who hangs out at the merch table if you go Belfast. Damien Corvin from Kings of the North. Having a chat with everyone, shaking hands, being all sound. I, and it's just, and he's just like, he's living it up. He's like a champion among men. Obviously, like the Kings don't do any of that in Dublin because they, again, you know, keep keeping it, well, keeping it on. Give it a month. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe in in a few months' time when they've been embraced by the Dublin crowd, they will. But they uh, they keep it on the up and up. They don't they don't ruin the show by be by 
being the most hated men in the world and then selling shirts ringside. But in Belfast, Damien was there. He was flogging his shirts. He was selling a lot of them from what I saw as well. He was doing well. Had an out chat with him. I got an out picture with him. It was uh, it was good stuff. But um, but yeah, a, a cracking weekend at OTT as it always is. Uh, and we will we'll be me and Paul will be eagerly counting down the days until until Devlin versus Riddle. So um, so yeah, we'll we'll follow up on that in due course. And with all that said, with all those haggling shopping stories uh, uh, out of the way, uh, I think we can call it a show there, lads. Um, uh, We'll be back next week at our regularly scheduled Sunday slot, I believe. I don't think there's anything coming up that will get in the way. No. Uh, We will uh, be talking all the usual fun and games. So uh, subscribe, as always. Share it around. Share Shapod on Twitter. You know the score. Uh, And we'll be back uh, then. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye, Barry. And it's goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye, Joe. No one no one says goodbye to me. It's very, very sad. That's your time to say goodbye, Paul. Oh. Uh, anyway, yeah, I guess. Nothing else uh, about it, Barry. Anyway. So yeah, yeah, so we'll, good we'll talk show, to, guys. We'll talk to you, the fans, later, which is all that matters. Bye, Paul. Mm. Oh. <laughs>